0: I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. I'm Kevin. I'm Patrick. It's time for episode number 338 or 339 of Video Games Hot Dog, the podcast that Patrick's on. Hi, Patrick. Hello. This is Patrick Ewing. Um, Patrick Ewing. Who I was are on the you? Dream
1: Team who in uh, 94, um, <laughs> NBA Hall of Famer.
0: I'm if, guessing that our listeners do not know. I played on the nine <laughs>
1: Knicks. Yeah, I wouldn't know either. You're probably
0: the one that they know about <laughs> if, they, if they know about one of them.
1: Uh, yeah, I, uh, I make video games with a little outfit called Chance Agency, which I started uh, working on a game called Neocab. And before that, I was on Team Firewatch with Campo Santo.
0: What did you do on Firewatch?
1: I did a lot of little things. We all did. I, I did all the like uh, dialogue tools um, and a bunch of gameplay programming, um, worked on localization, made props, wrote filler dialogue.
0: What's a prop you made?
1: Uh, my favorite one is definitely the, um, the escape from two orcs, uh, D and D yeah, It's
2: very good. That is, yeah, that's among my favorites from the
1: game. Yeah. Gonna... I think we, I think there was a lot of people on that team who like Brian, Brian Goodwin was part of their soul. Like Nels for sure has sure, yeah. Brian Goodwin in him.
0: Um, yeah. In your new game, uh, people are talking about it. Like it's the second coming of justice <laughs> of in, the, in the media. It's like. This game is really going to teach us something about, <laughs> I, I feel a lot of pressure on your behalf, uh, based on, based on the, the sort of gravity the, the press is yeah. adding to it. And I yeah. mean, having known you like since the time when this was just a sort of idea that you were floating around and, uh, it's, yeah. So what's your, your game is Neocab. And That's it's, right. Uh, it's an expose like a a about narrative. the gig
3: economy, right?
1: Yeah. It's going to blow the whole doors wide open on that gig economy.
0: It's finally going to fix it. <laughs> yeah. Finally, Travis. K, K- whatever is going to Travis Kalanick's going to lose his
1: job. Yeah. Do you say some Kalanick news? <laughs> Tra- I Travis, just never said that out loud, Travis but it, yeah. I,
4: that's yeah. what yeah. I say now. That's <laughs> definitely
0: in the like trans metropolitan uh, <laughs> right. parody version of him as Travis. To
2: it. Yeah. There was some big news today or yesterday
1: with uber's always ha- creating its own bad no, news know
2: about your game
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh oh yeah yeah we just uh, uh signed a publishing deal oh, with um uh surprise attack who's just been rebranded as fellow traveler uh-huh. and they're an australian-based uh publisher who uh, is now like doubling down on focusing on narrative games what this else have they published uh orwell is probably the most recent oh, one yeah, okay um which you
2: have to rewrite your game in australian
1: <laughs>
2: i mean it's still bugging me i have to use two l's in traveler oh yeah. i feel so wrong
0: oh wait is that a like a british english versus yep. american english yeah yep. i ah. hate
2: i hate the single l traveler it has bothered me my entire yeah life. right
0: yeah. Mm. awful so like the the uh g- the gygax like sci-fi pen and paper game was that just traveler with one l
1: I was just wondering the same thing. I think that might have had two. I don't know. I,
0: my only exposure to that was I have one of the like, Choose Your Own Adventure books that was in the TSR properties based on that called Villains of Volturnus, mm-hmm. but I never had any of the source books. I had a bunch of the actually, source I know, books, I'm but always, never played it. I'm actually wrong about that. It was Star Frontiers, not Traveler. I don't know anything about mm, Traveler. Was, was <laughs> correction villains, issued, guys. Was it
2: villains with one L?
0: Uh, yeah, it was. Mm, it was actually American. just a just the French guy named Bilal <laughs> who
5: was. Uh, and back to Transmetropolitan. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Traveler's, so uh, Traveler's
5: actually a decent. uh a decent solo RPG because you can just make characters because there's a decent chance that they'll die in the process of character creation. I feel like that was always
0: the urban legend about pen and paper role playing games is that this one, there's this one system that's like, it's so harsh. It's rules are so chaotic. There's at least two
5: specific ones that I know of that definitely have that and traveler is one of them. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. What? Like, what is the benefit of that?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like it clearly we're talking about it. It's, yeah, I don't know. I don't, so know, I don't know what like, it's, later, it's true.
5: interesting. I don't know. It's it, In Traveler, the why, why it happens is because you're rolling up your, uh, uh, your character's history, which usually includes some like military tour of duty. And there's just a chance that you get crippled or killed in the process of it. <laughs> so. is death,
2: does death prevent you from playing that character?
5: Uh yeah, you pretty much well, I mean unless unless you just re-roll, <laughs> But, tec- well, but I mean, technically like a, you, speaking, you're supposed you to you died in scrap this tour of duty and, day, and now
0: you're now you're a robot controlling the, yeah. the superstructure of your former body. I mean, that's
2: your, or your de- your consciousness was downloaded into a lipstick tube. Uh, a <laughs>
0: lipstick tube. Yeah. What
2: I mean, you were smuggled out of foreign soil on some sort of, like...
0: I see. Hard... I'm thinking uh, of like, oh, okay. shaving cream Like, and up Jurassic some Park.
5: prisoner's butt, you mean. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Lipstick tube. Uh, that's a, that's the that's, thing that's, that's, like...
2: that's, like... a That's a classic spy container. Okay. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Sure.
5: I'll give you that.
0: Yeah. If I think about, it, what's a spy a cigarette in? Cigarette case. Lipstick tube. Yeah, yeah, cigarette case is good. Uh, Patrick, did you... Uh, did you play pen and paper role playing games when you were? I did, you were, yeah.
1: Um, you play? I played a couple weird ones. I played a little D and D and then I played Mythos. Mythos. Mm. It was it was one of Gary Gygax's like also rans after huh. getting kicked out of TSR. Um I don't know what the story was. Yeah, Mythos. It's uh
0: it was fun. Yeah. I mean it was a lot like D and D, I think. Um, was it, it was just like fantasy like
1: Yep. Yeah, it was definitely like high fantasy. It had a few more, maybe a slightly more interesting magic system, if I recall correctly. Hmm. Um, I was definitely like the bard, annoying person, screwing with the system at all were times. You, were you like, making up epic poems? Yeah, yeah, like making things up or like <laughs> you know, like interacting. Like if someone if, if who's ever like the room is empty, I remember I'd be like, really, really empty? Is there nothing? There's nothing in the room. Nothing? Is there dust in the corner? Or in a dungeon. it would be like, there's dust in the corner. I'd be like I pick up the dust. I have it on my sheet. I was just really, really disruptive. (laughs)
0: Okay, sorry. (laughs) No, I mean that's. I feel like that's why a lot of pen and paper role playing just doesn't work, because like the kind of kid that's going to be like that is the kind of kid that's going to want to play pen and paper role playing games, right? Right. Right. Yeah. You probably had a lot of, like, vindictive instant deaths (laughs) based on die rolls that were behind the (laughs) screen you couldn't see.
1: Totally. You didn't check the door. It was trapped. Yeah, that definitely happened to me a lot. Um, It was
5: toxic. (laughs) There's a tweet I saw today that said, the way you win Dungeons & Dragons is by being the first player that the DM says, fuck you to. That sounds right. Huh. Yeah. I win.
0: I, your your advice for role-playing, Riff, that you tweeted out the other day, certainly made it less fun to play with you. <laughs>
3: what, what, oh, what the, like, the, the barbarian. On, yeah, only today, ever playing
0: yeah. an idiot barbarian who's named after th- whatever noise his weapon makes when it cleaves a <laughs> goblin's yes. skull and who is always just a bellowing butthole.
5: <laughs> well, it's it's good because, like, if you're not very good at uh, at a... At, uh, 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 role-playing? Riff. Riff. Quick. Come up with a reason
0: you're bad at improv.
5: (laughs) Improv. Right. That's the word I was looking for. If you're not good at, like, improv or or doing dialogue in character off the cuff or anything like that, it's good to just play a real dumb guy, and then you don't have to Wait, is that why your name is Riff? Because you're
1: really good at... Are you... Yes.
5: Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yes. (laughs) Yes, and. Yes, and.
0: and. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like... I think in a lot of cases, like what brought us together as a company is we kind of aren't. We're shy and uh, we like uh, we like entertaining people, but we don't like being the center of attention.
3: Uh-huh. Uh, yep.
0: But you, more than any of us, you just like are like a fucking deer in headlights. <laughs> if somebody <laughs> suddenly looks at you and asks you to come up with something funny right now,
5: yeah, um, oh, it's we're all, we're all like
0: that to some extent, but yeah, like you, I can, I just it 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 hurts. It hurts my. <laughs> it hurts my heart because I'm sympathetic and I want you to be happy, Riff.
5: Oh, that's sweet.
0: What have you been up to? Have you been doing anything that makes you happy?
5: Uh, well, actually, yeah, the the other day, well, actually last night, uh, I went to a birthday party for my high school friend Nick who lives out here. Um, and the a few episodes ago, um, in our what, what you've been doing segment, I mentioned I'd been working on a thing, but probably shouldn't talk about it publicly, uh, it, because it was, uh, it was a birthday present for Nick, um, which was, uh, back in high school, the two of us designed a, uh, uh this weird card game called, uh, Leviathan, uh, just basically as a, as something to have to do when there were like six of us sitting around in the coffee shop or at the, the food court at the student university, student union. Um, and it occurred to me like last month that I didn't have a copy of it anymore. So I decided to, uh, uh, to graphic design up a proper deck of it and get, get a half a dozen or so of them printed out on uh, makeplayingcards.com and it, and then i was like oh yeah nick's birthday is like in the middle of the summer so so i like rush jobbed it so i'd have it in time for that can you explain what makeplayingcards.com does <laughs> do do you need me to no. <laughs> no but no riff you were being prompted to make a joke Oh. come on <laughs> well buddy. yeah that was my joke i turned it back on you
4: did, <laughs> did you have some way to mispronounce leviathan when you were a kid or did you pronounce it correctly?
5: Uh, gee, now I'm unsure of myself. I've I've always just pronounced it Leviathan. Is there another way to pronounce it? I'm just curious. Le- Le- Leviathan? <laughs> Is Leviathan the from the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah,
1: Leviathan's from the Bible.
5: And
0: was it was it just like a whale or something? It was like Bible, a
1: giant right? beast with very nonspecific features. Yeah. Yeah. Some like, people think they're dinosaurs, poorly some defined young defined earth creationists. I see,
0: some people who are like, de- there were definitely dinosaurs at the same time there were people. Yeah. When there were two sets of footprints in the sand, one of them was definitely <laughs> was a leviathan. brontosaurus footprints. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's the same fucking seagull every goddamn afternoon, just shrieking? I think it's shrieking. a bird in a cage in it's, an apartment. Oh. Nearby. Really? That's my, because it's. You know, my evidence against that is that no one has suffocated that fucking bird yet, <laughs> mm, which yes. makes me think it's on the roof. Some
2: people <laughs> love birds and, yeah. and appreciate the squawking that they make in some way that I do not.
0: I mean, I like a bird when it like says whatever lewd things its former owner said or <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, helps Choo-choo, you solve a mystery. motherfucker!
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we don't have to kill the bird. We could just go free the bird. That's true.
0: We could just start chanting FreeBird free until somebody does it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Waving our lighters back and forth. Patrick, have you done anything non-video game related for the non-video game anecdote section of our podcast? Oh, God. In no. your life up till this point, have you done anything mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. might be of interest to our listeners?
1: If I was, I was probably thinking about a video game while doing it. Okay. And, yeah, <laughs> mapping it onto that. Think
0: about video games a lot?
1: I do. I do.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm sure all of us here. Yeah. What's your, um? was Firewatch the first game job you had? Yeah. Yeah, it was. You were like, I'm, I'm piecing together based on the little bit that I know about you from, <laughs> from like having been near you a lot over the last few years, but not spending a tremendous amount of time talking to you. You were like an earlyish Twitter employee. That's right. Yep.
1: Okay. Yeah, I rode
0: that startup roller coaster. Were you coaster. pre-140?
1: Yes, I was I uh, 75. Okay. 20, 75. So, so
0: we,
2: were, we were in the building with you probably.
0: Yeah, we were there right For around real? the time they were hiring their 140. I remember we, having that party. Uh, yeah. Um, we, that, we were,
1: that guy also quit like a few months
3: later because the company was very <laughs> weird we, at that our, time.
0: Our, my joke was that they had run out of desk space and so his desk was just outside the window. Uh. Um, <laughs> so, uh, our, it, was a, it was a Video game Hot Dog listener that took us there. His name was Rob. Robin something, yep. and he was like a one of the data center guys okay. I mean, uh, at the time. He eventually started
2: working with Zynga, as I recall.
0: Okay. We didn't go on a tour of Zynga, though. We did
2: not go on a tour of Zynga.
0: Patui. That's what I say about Zynga. Hey, guys, it's a 2012 uh, It's twenty twelve. attitude hour. Zynga sucks. <laughs> Zynga, They're still around. Zynga's like probably fine. Games, yeah.
1: Right? Oh, yeah. They own that like massive building which I'm sure they no longer can fill with. Yeah.
0: At one point I remember seeing like a think piece is too generous. Just like a headline that was like (laughs) Zynga's building is now worth more than the company. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. I wonder if they paid it off. Like, do they? Do you think they own it outright? That's a good question. Even oh, if God. they do,
2: though, the taxes on it must be ridiculous.
0: That's true. Unless they got
1: some like sweetheart eh. deal with the mayor. Corporations don't play taxes. Tend to do. Don't yeah, play taxes.
0: <laughs> homie, homie is to that as corporations are to taxes. <laughs> I remember that from the SAT because I took the SAT when In Living Color was still on. <laughs>
1: that was really dense. I anyway, was really yeah. there's a lot of in central references. What are
4: you been up to you? Yeah. <laughs> So I discovered recently, um, now I'm now pushing 40, I discovered sleep masks, the thing that you put over your eyes when the light's too bright and you can't sleep. Oh, okay. yeah?
0: Do you find yourself in that situation a lot?
4: Uh, so what usually happens is they'll stay up till like 3 or 4 a.m. Oh, and then the sun rises. And then the fucking Ooh. sun rises. Yeah. Okay. And and I will like I'll sleep until I have to get up to pee and then I won't be able to sleep again.
2: So you're you're not interested in like blackout curtains?
4: Uh, I I think, I mean that was a thing we were discussing and then I realized I could just get could a blackout curtain it. over my face.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could just get like f- jet black contact lenses. Yeah, and <laughs> leave them in oh. all the time. <laughs> and then none <laughs> more goth.
4: None yeah. more goth. Oof, that's uh. That would be a good look. You could also just face,
2: uh, face into your pillow when you're sleeping.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I, you run out of comfortable Air. positions, yeah, <laughs> when you're trying to face away from the sun. Uh, and I have discovered that I sleep probably about an like an average of an hour more per night when I'm using this. Like, is that
0: desirable? Like, do you do you yeah, feel no, I, like you've I am, been sleep deprived for? Yeah, for all my all my life, basically. You could try going to bed earlier oh no i couldn't do that well could, <laughs> <know>. <laughs> that's uh i mm,
4: this is extremely I've been, relatable <laughs> i've been doing this for a long time um i do most of like my most productive work after midnight I, I think i would have a hard time do you
2: feel an anger inside like finding a tool that you could have been using for years and only now realizing it and realizing the, the amount of, like, time that you've sort of wasted. Like, I have... I definitely have spent, like, hundreds of hours doing a task that if I had had the right tool that I... Because did, I didn't know it existed, I could have done it in, like, mere single oh, wow. hours. And, I mean, like, I... It just drives me crazy. Yeah,
4: I don't get angry. I do get, like, oh, that's... I, I will make jokes <laughs> you about get it. You even. Like, <laughs> like, how I started this by saying I was pushing 40. Okay. Uh, but, like, I... I do think about that as like, oh, this is dumb, but then my life's just going to be better moving forward. If so you have to do that, okay. if you have to do that task again, Sleeping. Uh, you'll be able to do it
0: faster. I mean, true. I think it's cool that there's still stuff in the world. Like, it gives me hope that maybe there's some cool thing that will make my life easier that I still don't know about and that I still have, like, things to discover and do learn you, about. Do you check
2: lifehack.com account. or whatever?
0: Uh, I, I don't know what that, that seems like it's probably been co-opted by a porn site or something. So, yes. <laughs> okay. Every day, uh, I don't. What's the when's the last time something like that happened to you?
2: When I discovered that there was a yeah, you discovered
0: that there was some solution to a problem that you'd been dealing with in some dumb way because you thought there wasn't a better way.
2: Uh, I don't know. Like Photoshop scripting, there was definitely like some stuff that I used to do manually that I realized I could have just been scripting, and that could have saved me hundreds of hours. Yeah. Hundreds of hours. Hundreds really. of hours. Yeah.
1: Programming is full of dumb stuff like that. I think. Yeah.
0: You could have just hired someone to do it for you. Right. That I, just, would have I didn't know. You. I
1: didn't know something existed. Like I, the, my first couple of years as a as a Facebook app developer, which I used to do, is horrible. I didn't really understand proxy servers, and so I would develop locally, and then I basically would have to deploy to test my changes. Oh right. So I was just constantly like waiting two and a half to three minutes. Just staring in the middle distance, Mm. which could have been two and a half to three seconds. And I probably did that for like a year.
3: Mm.
1: And when someone saw what I was doing, they were like, oh, you poor sweet fool. (laughs) Let me, like, I feel so sad for you, but I'm going to show you this now. And, you know, and it was just, I felt so angry. (laughs) I was filled with rage.
0: Well, I'm glad you're getting better sleep, Jim. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's one of
4: those things where like, I... I feel like I'm probably – my life is probably improved now, but I don't feel any different. But they say you can't tell you're sleep deprived from the inside. So, like, mm. I think the way to test it is to, like, take a standardized test now and also before <laughs> I – Right.
0: Because as of now, the only difference that you can perceive is that your life is just, like, 12% shorter now. Right. right. Like,
2: <laughs> it's, I- I mean, you could take a test now and then take a test in 3 months when you will almost definitely be sleep deprived. You'll stop doing this, yeah, like. Uh, <laughs> well, no. Well, you'll
0: no. stop doing it. You'll have a baby, but also, yeah. yeah. Uh, put what the I mask want on the baby. Oh, yeah.
3: Yes, baby oh, yeah. sleep They'll masks. Baby the baby will think
0: it's night and then Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As you long as it's a white a... baby, standardized tests will work on it just fine. <laughs> right?
5: You just put uh, a put a blanket over its crib like a bird. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, Problem solved. I want a sleep mask for nighttime, but I want it to go away before I wake up. I want to be able to sleep with my window with my blinds open so that the sun can wake me up, but I don't want the street light outside my house to keep me up.
5: Mm. Mm. Um, uh, sounds so- like what you need is a BB gun.
0: Yeah,
4: I was about to make the same joke. <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh, or just you could get uh,
2: blinds that open at a certain time. Automatically. Uh, automatically I think blind.
0: that that kicking in would wake me up.
2: But that's what you want.
0: No, I want to wake up when the sun. I want to wake up with the sun whenever that is. Like on foggy days, I don't want to wake up at all.
2: Have the blinds uh, solar powered.
0: (laughs) Oh. (laughs) That's actually pretty clever. That's
5: pretty good, yeah.
0: Just a solar powered winch (laughs) that that opens the blinds. A solar powered witch. Yeah, solar powered witch who casts a spell that yeah. vaporizes the blinds, and then a Amazon Go button to order me some new blinds. <laughs> do you want these installed? What do you suppose the most expensive, least disposable item that they will sell you in Amazon Dash button for oh, is least disposable? Yeah,
2: like it has uh, like like a refrigerator. Materials? Like, do you think
0: you can get a dash button for a whirlpool?
2: No, but what about a whirlpool? What about like a hot tub?
0: Oh, hmm. Iron yeah, ingot. That, on <laughs> that would cost them a fortune. They had to constantly ship you iron ingots for free.
5: Yeah, and get your money's worth.
0: I did once order a dryer to test the limits of Amazon Prime's free delivery, and they delivered it for free. Wow. Took like a week. They didn't do two days, but... Uh, all right. Did they have the dryer just walk to your house... They just, they, they sort of put it uphill from my house right. and then turned it on and it just kind of vibrated its way down the hill. Yeah. It needed to get over a bump, so they tossed a cinder block into it <laughs> to get it to jump around a little bit. <laughs> and then a guy jumped. Uh, he thought he was going to jump through a frozen pond, but he just landed real hard <laughs> on his ass on it and he yelled, mine arse, mine arse. And then, um, this kid David went to the dentist. Are you and, okay? Uh, We're just filling the show notes with material now.
2: Oh yeah, you're going yeah, to just, link to all of these. So,
0: yeah, so, I don't. I don't actually know how to find the mine arch mine arch video. I, think, I guess I could probably I search for mine arch yeah. mine arch. Probably
4: someone in the video games hot dog slack knows how to spell things in German. No, yeah, well, I mean I
0: know how to spell okay, Mein right. arch, but search for that. Well, have we reached the point where we ta- start talking about video games? Sure. What have you been playing, Kevin?
2: uh not well i just haven't really been playing anything new i continue to play a little bit of horizon zero dawn um which is fine
0: have you gotten to the like open world portion of it now i think do you feel
2: i'm i'm out of the i think i'm still in the embrace but i'm outside of mother's grasp or whatever it is
0: Hmm. uh so you start out in a grasp, and then you go to an embrace, yeah. hmm. and then you go to sort there's, of like a, place a called tut- like chilly touch. distance, and
2: uh, yeah. uh, there's like there's the I got to a place where there's like some sort of like time trial to shoot stuff off of robot animals and stuff, and I'm like, okay, clearly this is where they're... wait,
0: like you're riding an animal, or like you they have stuff on them, and you're an trying animal. to shoot you it off of them.
2: I just learned how to like how to like ride the robot animals and stuff
0: like it's what's the fiction why are there robot animals
2: uh that is not yet been explained it is a post-apocalyptic world where like the modern world is well old at this point so i'm guessing a thousand years 500 years after today Um, but
0: like they're pitching like do you think they're in like a west world where there were just robot cows
2: i don't think so but i don't know that it is weird because it seems like the robots are grazing on grass and stuff, too, for some reason. I it, Yeah, I don't know. It, that part of the world building I haven't gotten to. It doesn't make a whole bunch of sense in its current.
0: I mean, if you could make a machine that state. ran on... If you could make a car that ran on grass, <clears throat> and then when you weren't driving it, it would just sort of, like, amble around eating grass. Well, Would that
2: make the... Adage: Grass, right? Grass, yeah, gra-
0: <laughs> grass, gas, or cash. Gra- no grass, grass, <laughs> grass, 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 or grass, grass, or grass. Yeah, yeah no grass, grass, grass for free. Grass. Yeah.
1: I recently learned about a mechanical duck that was capable of eating uh, grass or eating whatever ducks eat, and actually pooping hmm. as well. This was like a eighteen hundreds sort of automaton like oh, huh. demonstration. Uh, that was quite popular.
0: What was the, did it just like compress whatever it ate into little pellets and that was what it pooped?
1: So I think that like the Mechanical Turk, which was around the same era, there was some trickery involved. Mm. There was an actual
0: duck in there.
4: (laughs) (laughs) He just managed to miniaturize a duck. yeah, Yeah. 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 Um,
1: yeah, I think he had essentially, like, duck poop pellets, and so the the food would go into one secret compartment, and then it would trigger the duck poop pellet to get squished out, and it would
3: hmm,
4: have, like, yeah.
1: simulated. I've, I've definitely
4: heard of robots that will, like, there was a robot that would, I don't know how autonomous it was, but it would eat snails, it would find and eat snails, and then power itself with snails, with snail meat. Just That's real? Slow. Yeah, that was so.
1: This is the beginning of Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. This is the technology. I think it must Did they be.
4: call it an gobot <laughs> If they didn't, it's a crime. They
0: should have asked me. Yeah. When was this? Probably 10, 15 years ago. Oh, okay. So this was a modern. This was a modern robot. This yeah, wasn't not mechanical.
4: this wasn't a Mechanical Turk deal where they just All have right, a,
0: the, a dude in there who eats snails. <laughs> there's a dude in there that just was being paid in snails to operate the, the machine <laughs> right. um,
2: I wanted to play Semblance before the show but I uh, I downloaded it and didn't get a chance to play it mm.
0: so, Yeah, Semblance is that platformer that just came out from NYAM cop. those yeah. dudes are everywhere what do you mean they're everywhere? I am seeing uh, Ben and I think Sugar is the other guy uh, his nickname because his name is something that the press have a hard time pronouncing Maybe that's not why. Maybe that's not why that nickname is there, but that is at least the thing that is true. We met him at um, Southwest Southwest. South by Southwest, and he was like just a real tall, real charismatic South African dude uh, with a cool game. And I just like, I feel like I have seen so much press about this game and about that company because they also decided to just sort of be a publisher. So I don't know what else they are doing, but um, they were all over the giant bomb E3 stuff. Semolus was at E3 also. You were at E3. Yeah. yeah. What was what was it like being at E3? Uh,
1: it was way... It was better than when I went for Firewatch, which for whatever reason felt much more like the big, like, giant, crazy E3, and we were, like, dwarfed by that. Um, this was nice. It was, like, a s- small indie event. Like, there's this thing called Mix where you just, like, meet a bunch of press folks and everyone pr- plays each other's games, play a bunch of cool games. Semblance was there. Hmm. Um, I didn't get to play it because it was, like... Yeah, there was, like, lines <laughs> for it and such. But, um... Yeah, it was, like, surprisingly less horrible than E3 has been in the past. Did
4: they just invent an indie arm of E3? Is that what happened?
1: It's totally like a, you know, like a scavenger ecosystem that springs up and, like, <laughs> grabs, like, little spaces nearby and, and actually has technically nothing to do with E3. Okay,
4: yeah. wacky.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the main E3, it's that was weird. I had been maybe three years since I'd gone. It's still exactly the same feeling. Like, w- like multiple zombie-based games who've paid... Out of work LA actors to dress up in zombie paint and jump out at you and terrify you. They're still doing that.
2: Jeez,
3: um, it's
1: junk, junk like that. It, Fortnite had like a huge quadrant of E three. They had like made up the the school bus and had like a turret and multiple people doing the
2: Fortnite what dance is the in full costume. Value to that company because they're already the most popular game in the world and. The press is already talking about them all the time. Like, what is the like? Why spend a couple million dollars at E3 to do something like that? Like,
4: I think they're just having fun with their money. Yeah, that point. agreed.
3: Huh?
0: Must have been a surprise because, like, I bet last E3 it was sadder at that shop, yeah. than it was this E3. Yeah.
4: Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they just spin off their engine department and becomes, becomes two separate companies.
0: I thought Fortnite was just Unreal Engine.
4: Fortnite is made by... Isn't it made by Epic? Yeah. It's made yeah. by Epic? Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I see. So stuff. you're saying Fortnite, spin off Fortnite from the engine company. Oh, sure. Okay. I guess you could think of it that way.
4: I mean, I, I think of like, Fortnite has now taken over Epic, so they are... that Epic is the Fortnite company. Right.
0: But spinning off the new thing instead of spinning off the thing that they've been doing for 25 years. Right. right? Yeah. Remember how impressive Unreal was until you got past the first level and you realized it was just Quake?
4: <laughs>
3: and you
0: were like, damn it, this still isn't for me. That's probably just me.
4: Uh, it was definitely for me at the time. There was nothing to do except shoot dudes. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, what are the 98, Jim was into that. What are
2: the big engines? There's Unreal, there's... Unitar. Unitar? That's how I pronounce it. Okay. That's my southern accent. There's uh there's the Cry Engine, right?
0: There's I mean like Frostbite is something. What is uh what do they call Radiant is the like Elder Scrolls game and Fallout but is that uh,
2: engine available to anyone outside of Bethesda?
0: I don't think so.
4: I think we've okay. we've already named the big 3 licensed like the ones that are trying to compete in the same space as Unity and Unreal. I think the other one is is CryEngine. I think those are yeah. the three that like so then, you there's can like download and Game start
2: maker and there's
0: like that yeah. kind of stuff. But those aren't
2: those aren't gonna be able to make the same kinds of games. There's
0: Twine. Right. There's uh-huh. Script, Love Two D. Yeah. There's um uh, Pico8. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's Swole.
1: Is that real? This, is of, this something you're working the on?
0: Standard West of Loathing engine. Oh, that's not <laughs> <that's laughs>
1: Can I license that, by the way? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah sure. Yeah, if you want to make a game. Th- I mean, it doesn't have to be black and white. It could be anything. It's for your game.
2: support, art like it up is to 16 art, colors. art agnostic. All right.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, it's basically everything agnostic. <laughs> yeah. Quality agnostic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Taste agnostic. Um, man, someday I'm going to fucking kill and eat that fucking bird. Do you think it's going to come
2: out uh, clear on that? Oh, board? probably
0: not. I like. I'm not. I'm not upset because I think it's harming the experience of our listeners. I'm upset because it's harming. Because the your are desk is by of the window. And being me, is you, yeah. Is your it's reality. just every day. This is just every afternoon. Okay. Mm.
2: So the office gets kind of warm, and then the bird starts shrieking. Yeah. Cool.
0: What have you been playing, Jim?
4: Uh, so I've continued to play Lucas Arts games. I've played Loom, which, I yeah, I. I had played it as a teenager, um, but I had mostly forgotten about it. Uh, and I replayed, I played the uh, the VGA talkie version. Oh, weird. Yeah. I, so Loom is a game that is was made in 1990 by Brian Moriarty. And it is very much like it. I had a hard time like piecing together reference for it. Like it seems like it's the lore of this game is very singular, it's very mm. itself. Mm hmm um and i was pretty impressed by it i was pretty impressed by like this is a like in a more interesting world generic fantasy would be based on the loom trilogy the the other second two games of which were never made um rather than tolkien for example uh i really dug it and then i found out that the uh the talky version that i played is actually really different from the EGA loom that I played uh, in, you know, 90, 98 or whatever. Um, they... Uh, this was one of the first games that LucasArts made uh, on, with, on CD, and they were trying to figure out how do we make games with voice acting. Uh, and what they s- did for that game was they actually made every piece of sound in the game be CD audio, what? Which meant they were limited to what, like something like 70 minutes of music and dialogue. I
0: have a question about that. Yeah. So, I know that a CD is 70 minutes long, but like 70 minutes of audio on a CD takes up the whole CD, so where was the data? Oh. What I don't understand is why on a CD-ROM can there only be 70 minutes of audio? Is it, like, on Is it like on every other groove? It's
1: well, uncompressed.
4: Yeah. Was well, I, I think, it, like, a CD can be, like, 74 minutes. And so... Or 80 minutes. Or 80 some. minutes in some cases. But I don't know if that was, like, a new invention <laughs> or...
0: Uh, so, my guess is that the, the game data was, like, a few megabytes. That makes sense, I guess, given that it came on, like, four three-and-a-half-inch yeah. floppies. Yeah. Okay. And then the rest was CD audio. Um, and so to get all the dialogue
4: in the game down to 70 minutes, they had to like do significant cuts.
2: Speed read.
3: (laughs) 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 Yeah.
4: That sucks. And so I was, there's a, there's a, um, a video on YouTube called let's play EGA and VGA loom simultaneously. Oh Wow. Um, and you can see like all the, there, there's a, a, a major, uh, plot dump very close to the beginning of the game that is, maybe three times as long in the EGA version. Mm. There's so much more information there. But I also like, I really like the voice acting. I think it's really well done. I think, so for example, they, they do um, all the actors in the room at once, which isn't the norm even today. Right. Mm. Uh,
0: they, so the origi- the EGA version of Loom came with a cassette yeah, in the yeah. box was that had like that a 30-minute audio drama on it that kind of introduces some of the characters. Yeah. Um, that so blew like, my
1: little mind when I was like seven or eight. Yeah. and heard it. It there's I think she dies in childbirth in the middle of it. It's like very powerful voice acting, and I was a little young for it, but
0: it's great. But I guess it makes sense that they would have. Were the was the CD-ROM version and the EGA version made simultaneously? No, must, the the, oh. v,
4: the the VGA talkie version was made several years later.
0: I see. Do they, they must they got the same actors? I think though. I think so. Yeah, voices. Yeah. Yeah. Um very good voice acting though.
4: Yeah, yep. Uh I, ac- I actually almost prefer the shortened version just because of the brevity of the-, the pace of the dialogue, but like they they cut too much. Like the exposition just isn't there and they cut things that didn't I think what happened was that they used writer writers to to do the editing and they the writer the- they didn't understand like what would be important for gameplay. Mm.
0: Mm. Loom doesn't need it. A- Although maybe it's just the EGA version being so good at that is why I think of this like Loom. Loom was really really important to me when I was a kid, and like I I remember just always sort of like believing that. And then I had a conversation like two years ago with uh, Jake from Campo Santo, and he asked me like why was it, and I actually had to kind of think about it critically. And I think that like the fantasy of it is so. Just like, like just nouns with capital letters. Like it is exactly the kind of just like hokey, like sentimental fantasy that is my just fucking like just yeah, absolutely my jam with a capital J. Yeah. Um, but also, it is a game that very much wants you to finish it. Mm. Like it wants you, it wants to be played, and it never gets in your way. Like the, I mean, I guess I could imagine getting stuck on a puzzle or I could imagine a person getting stuck on a puzzle. Well the but way it's like really not. Yeah.
4: The way that you could get stuck is by
0: like not writing down one of the spells. That yeah. happened to me. Yeah. I tried to play through it on expert mode from memory, uh like a couple years ago, and I wrote I just wrote one of them down wrong. Oh. Or I just got it wrong. Because you don't yeah the notes don't light up. Like you have to you have to mode, do yeah. it by ear in expert mode. Yeah. And I was like, like, I just got, you eventually get, I think it was like, you get locked into the thing where you have to like dull the sword that the guy is holding up. And I had just fucked up writing the writing. The uh, thing bummer. And yeah. just couldn't do it.
4: Just try every four note combination. My mm. dad
1: did that for me as a seven year old. And it's like one of the few like purest expressions of love
0: oh, ever. Man. You
1: know, he was like, okay, there's only so many four note combinations. Oh, we'll dear. get there. And yeah, he saved my game.
0: Wow, you knew it had to be reversible, so that's every like every palindromic one out. That was such a clever thing about it. Like things things that conceptually didn't make any sense to reverse. Like the way spells work in this game is you play four notes and that's a spell, and there a lot of them are randomized. The ones that are like mentioned in the audio drama they couldn't be randomized right. because the, everybody's cassette was the same. But the ones that don't make any sense to reverse are palindromic. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a cool system. There's a bunch of shit that you can do for no other reason than just because, like, oh, yeah, that would work on this thing. Like, right. And it yeah. just, like, there's, like, the animation, like, you cast open on the muscle, and then a bird flies down and eats the mm-hmm. muscle once you've opened the shell of the muscle on the beach. Like, achieves nothing except, like, wow, cool. Yeah. Did they
1: copy and paste that from Monkey Island 1, though? I don't know. Because I think there's, like, a seagull picks the- up uh if i remember
4: right in the credits of monkey island it said seagull appears courtesy of loom that's
1: right okay so it's the other way around Uh and
0: documented hilarious there's the guy in the scum bar wearing the button that says ask me about loom yeah Yeah, so huh the award-winning game from brian moriarty loom feels so much newer than the secret of monkey island to me it it's
4: super modern in terms of the way adventure games are made now yeah yeah, it, it, it feels very much like a, it could be a modern indie game. Mm. It just gets out of your way. Like, yeah. it's just, here's here's this world. Like, down yeah. to, like, we ran
0: out of money so we made it too short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very modern. Yeah,
3: definitely. God,
0: though, the fucking, the sequence at the end where it's like you suddenly are, like, outside the world and the only things that you can do is go through these doors to every graveyard you've been to yeah. for the entire thing. That's time. a great <sighs> ending. That's where the borders are thin. Like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Like, I still remember just, like, the, the just like holy shit they were setting that like th- like just the, the like before i understood that like the way you compose things is you compose all of them before you show them to anyone right so like it's right. pretty easy to take a thing at the end and like make it reference a thing at the beginning but like that was like brand new to me at the time it's so, like <laughs> holy shit yeah. i can't believe they did that like well, okay now i kind of can but uh Ah, it's so good. Well, you spent a lifetime composing stories, game <laughs> stories, yeah. Brian, Mar- like, I wish Brian Moriarty had made more, like, I wish he had led more games. Yeah. yeah. Like, he made probably the best Infocom game, and then he made the best LucasArts game. Like, I wish that he had, con- like, I wish he had made the best, like, t- game. fucking, yeah. uh, <laughs> Gears of War. Like I, I wish that sure. Brian Moriarty had led Jesus. a Gears of War, so that there was one good Gears of War. Like,
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm with you. That sounds great.
0: Yeah. I what look, other what I other like that categories of things are there like that? Like Tetris. the the best Elder uh, Scrolls game. Three. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I wish they would let Brian Moriarty make the best Tetris. <laughs> okay. Did you guys play Wishbringer? No. It was, again, it was like, an, what if an Infocom game was easy? Yeah. So you could just see 20 times as much of it as you did any other Infocom game as a 10-year-old.
3: Right. Because,
0: right. like, what's the fucking harm in... Yeah. Well, well and... The and harm
2: is that... It doesn't
0: sell well because it's only four hours long yeah. and the grognards get pissed off. But, like, eh. Well, and... <sighs> adventure games do
4: tend to be much easier now because people... I think because people more are more okay with spending less time on one thing in their lives when they have 10,000 things they
0: could be doing. Also those games cost $50 in 1990, yeah, right? That's so true. like that's Yeah. I mean I do remember like wishing there was more of Loom because I think I played it in a day. Yeah. You know. They never made the sequels. Nope. I didn't know there's they were a, planned.
1: Is that documented anywhere? Yeah, there's
0: there's like a rough design doc for them, but but Brian Moriarty didn't care about it enough to push for it, and nobody else cared. About it. I don't I don't know if Loom sold very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it did. There was there was the the second one was going to be Forge, and Rusty Nailbender wow. was going to be the protagonist. There's of that a fan made Forge. Oh, is there? Yeah. And then I have no idea if it's any good. Early lesson in objectification. The three characters are Bobbin Threadbare, Rusty Nailbender, and Fleece Firm Flanks. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm, okay. That's about what she does, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it was like the shepherd the the shepherd woman who like sang spells and I don't know what the I don't know what the like magic system was for for forge. For forge. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know man like the fact that the weavers guild were like the weavers of everyone's fate rather than actually making like what did the what did those blacksmiths do they were in that like big flying anvil castle like what was their role Maybe it was they supposed to be, be like building things. mountains and shit they, right yeah, like, like it was everything a, like like it was, was just physical world yeah
1: Oh, yeah, that's interesting. If it was, like, three planes of existence, physical world, like, and the Weavers were the astral plane or something. Yeah, because it, yeah. like,
0: wasn't really about, like, none of none of the stuff was about what it was, right? Like, the the, the Glassblower's Guild just, like, could see the future. And that was their deal. Right, right. Um,
2: How is that different from determining people's
0: fate? Determining effect? people's fate, yeah, I don't know. Or maybe they could just see uh, other places.
2: What does the, sh- what do shepherds do?
0: They fed Souls. everyone. Yeah. Because it's about the like. It's also also Loom is about how the church is bad. So that was like a thing that was no, I didn't know exactly that. at the right. Well, I mean, it's the church that
4: causes all the problems. Yeah, oh, like you can the, tell by the guy's
0: headwear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the bis- bishop, mandible, oh, and, and it's a title, and it's <laughs> yeah. title, yeah. It's titled, bishop yeah.
5: mandible is an extremely good villain name.
0: Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He never does anything. Also, you as the main character, you're apparently some sort of weird gorgon. <laughs> <laughs> like, if anybody looks at you without oh, your hood, yeah. they immediately well, just explode in a... You're just a shadow ...shower that, of yeah. gore. Yeah. Like,
4: I forgot about that.
0: Yeah. That felt
1: like a late ad. That felt like a <laughs> weird idea they had late in the production. They're like, okay, let's just do it, right?
0: It yeah. wasn't like in his oh, lore fuck. bible There's from not the a, beginning. We, if, we, we don't have time to code up the elaborate pu- like, solution we, we devised <laughs> to this puzzle.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: it's
2: plausible. Ah.
0: ah, man, that game is good. We did it as an assignment yeah. five years ago or something. So I played the um,
4: FM Towns version as well, just to check that one out. Uh, that's the one that's allegedly um, the compromise between the... Uh, it doesn't have the, t- the speech, the voice acting, but it does have the uh, the 8-bit art, the uh, 256 color art. Um, and the problem that I had with that one is that all the music loops... So instead of, like, there being a cutscene and there's music during the cutscene and the music ends and you play the game, the music just keeps playing. Hmm. And it, sometimes there's music playing while you're playing the game in the EGA version, but, like, as soon as you start to cast a spell, the music stops, so you can use the notes. You can hear the notes you're playing, whereas in this version of the game, it just, like, the background music keeps going and then the notes you play just clash with it. Mm. Oof. It's a real bummer. Um, so I, I have to say like, uh, after a bunch of research, I, I think the, uh, the original DOS EGA version is the one to play if you're going to check it out.
0: I think it looks better. Honestly. I, I really like the look of the VGA loom. I do too, but I think that the, the EGA one just, they were forced to make more significant choices mm. in the way that things were because uh, i mean like so when you think of monkey the, island the
2: fewer colors a game has the better it looks yeah think?
0: yeah that is my i, I believe CGA that version two well okay not down to that not down to that point <laughs> the and i wouldn't have wanted to play the like early mac version of loom i guess oh yeah but, you know i don't know like that, monkey just... island one is beautiful and when you think of monkey island one you think of this like beautiful game but it is definitely 16 color ega I, right, I I played the VGA version of Monkey Island oh, really? too. Yeah,
1: huh. I played VGA originally. I think I even saw a post about this, and it might have been Brian Moriarty saying he preferred the the fewer color version. I can't remember. What it was yeah, VGA VGA. yeah, yeah. He's like that. There's like this one leaf in the very first screen that you're right. supposed to click on. It. It's the only red yeah. object on the screen. Uh, it just stands out so much more.
4: Yeah, yeah. There's that. Uh, I think so. I, I, I there was a. He did a postmortem of Loom at GDC, and that's on YouTube, if you want to check it out. Mm. Um, and he goes into it there. He talks about the leaf, and he just he also talks about. I actually don't remember if he talks about like the cut contents. Another thing that the talkie version is missing is that uh, none of the the close-ups of the characters are there in in the conversations. It's just uh, it's always the wide shot of the characters like flailing their arms while they talk. <laughs> Um, and I think, I don't know, but I think that's because they were, uh, since when they were using the CD to play audio, they couldn't load the image off of the CD for the close up. Yeah. That's my hypothesis there.
1: Such a weird era. Seventh Guest was like that too. There were some sound effects that were installed off the fly, uh, were played through your sound card. And then there's some sound effects that were played only through the CD drive. And it was really weird. I remember at one point, like if you wanted to hear the nice thunderstorm atmospherics, you, I, for me, for my configuration, I had to plug my speakers into the CD drive.
4: Like it was right. Y- yeah. 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 That I remember like having a sound card that was not configured to receive pass through audio from the CD ROM drive. Yeah.
0: There was a, sp- there was a cable that you could run internally from the yeah. CD ROM drive to the sound card for that specific reason right. for yeah. like six months. <laughs> right, and, like, you didn't always do it. <laughs> like, it didn't, like, if you bought, like, a Packard Bell, they would have done it. But, like, if you just had, like, a computer that you had built, like, maybe you didn't know about that cable. Right. That was probably like, me. <laughs> yeah, it's...
2: I think I had a Sound Blaster, but no CD-ROM drive. Mm. It was, like, the the last desktop configuration that I remember.
0: I played Loom on the the the... The PC compatible eighty eighty eight that I had at the time was a Tandy one thousand EX wow. that had three PC speakers. Like it wasn't. Oh, it right, was the three voice. Yeah, it had three voice sound, and like it was so good. Like the, I think the PC Junior also had that. Right, but the Tandy one thousand EX had better graphics than the PC. The PC junior was only CGA. So the, the, the Tandy that I had was the only machine at the time that had 16 color EGA graphics and multiple voice sound on the (laughs) PC speaker. So it just accidentally like, and it was also like a cheap computer. Like it, like Radio shack was like the discount brand even then. Yeah. Um, but it made the music, from Loom, which is just fucking incredible. Like it was good even on mm. the EGA version with no actual sound card. Because it's all just like Swan Lake. It's like the soundtrack to yeah. Loom is just Tchaikovsky. Right.
4: Yeah, which makes me wonder why there isn't like a a fan like a Frankenstein together version of like perfect version of Loom with with the with the 256 color art, the close ups, all the dialogue, and like a the score ripped from actual orchestra recordings. Yeah. Mm.
0: I don't think that many people care about Loom. It's yeah, maybe thing. not. Yeah, that's a bummer. People don't know how good it is.
4: I also played uh, Thimbleweed Park. Yeah. Um, and I I was talking about that on Twitter. I was talking about how when I when I think of Maniac Mansion, I think of that as being like the the sprawl of Maniac Mansion. All the different things you can do from the start of the game there 's no real like it it does not feel designed. it feels like just a place that they put a bunch of puzzles in hmm. um and because that 's actually how they did it like they and and as a result like there 's a bunch of ways you can get stuck there 's a bunch of things you can do that just like where you lose in kind of an unfair way or in an untelegraphed way um and that was what um the, the design ethos of making sure the player can't get stuck in, like, Ron Gilbert's, like, puzzle dependency chart invention, that was where that came from, was to, like, how can we make adventure games be, you know, friendly and nice to the player? And, and that's where um, Monkey Island came from. And I had associated like, okay, so that's why LucasArts again, Adventure Games from there on became, like, like more streamlined and simpler and, and kind of linear- um but as it turns out, like if you just make your puzzle dependency chart be really big and complex, you're gonna get something that feels kinda like Maniac Mansion. I feel like Thimbleweed Park actually does approach the sprawl feeling of, of Maniac Mansion. Like
2: 80 characters.
4: There's characters. there's like five characters, but it's it's a lot. It's unexpectedly in Thimbleweed Park? Yeah. Oh in Maniac Mansion there's yeah, there's like eight characters. Okay. In, in Thimbleweed Park, there's five.
0: The, the characters in Maniac Mansion are kind of in classes, though, right? Like, there's yeah. none of them. Like, I don't know that there's anybody who is the only person that can do a thing. It's like some of them are, yeah, like, and unethical, and some of them are, right. like, smart, and some of them are whatever. Like, And they're kind of
4: poorly differentiated. Like, yeah. some of them just don't really seem to have much of a difference between, like, much to differentiate them. And that was something that, that they had. Talk that Ron Gilbert has talked about is like a failing of that game's design.
3: Yeah,
0: um, it's interesting to see like Zach McCracken as a step between those two sort of ethos because Zach McCracken is way more linear, but it's still super bullshit in yeah. terms of like <laughs> '80s adventure game puzzle stuff. Right, full of mazes. There's like three really big mazes yeah. in Zach McCracken.
1: Was there currency you could waste, too, by, like, flying around too much? Like, flying to the wrong place, you waste money? I believe
0: so, yeah. I believe it costs money for you to move in the world, and I don't know that there was any way to get it back once you...
1: Right. I don't
0: remember how, how you got How did they solve
1: it. for that? There must have been some way, if you were, like, stuck in Buenos Aires and the puzzle wasn't there, and you were out of money, there must have been... I,
5: I don't know. I don't man, know. it was I the think, 80s. I maybe that was, <laughs> they, were, they were like, yeah. Startup, maybe you you were to stuck. Save. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Fun, just like the old the old infocom games where you could solve everything to get you to the end of the game but if you didn't do it efficiently enough you'd starve to death before the last turn or whatever right it's just weird that yeah. that came after me
1: uh monkey island one where it felt like they first sealed up that problem
0: Zack zach mccracken was later than monkey island
4: one i thought so but maybe i'm wrong i don't think so i think okay, zach mccracken yeah. I was think so. i think zach mccracken was
0: still a commodore 64 game
1: no, I think you're right. It was probably the one between Maniac
0: was It was Monkey like in yeah. the in the Maniac Mansion mode. The MMM, they right. called it. That's the, what the three M's in SCUM stand for, yeah. <laughs> Leave off the last <laughs> M for monkeys. Uh, with the big characters. Right. Right. They were all sort of like... Yeah. yeah, it's weird. Like, Loom and Monkey Island are definitely like... They feel like a different engine. But they straight up weren't, right? Like, they're all... Scum games.
4: I think the the difference feels it. Apparently, they had invented a way to compress dithered art, and that's a big that that's a big difference between the the way those two those that the first pair of games and the second pair of games you were talking about the like Lumen Miniac and Lumen and Monkey Island both had dithering, yeah. uh, and so they didn't have just the the, the loud EGA colors, um, and. Maniac Mansion, Zach McCracken did not. They just had the, whatever colors the hardware provided, that's what you got. Um, And I think the the other part of that, that what feels like a difference in engine is just a difference in platform. I think Loom and uh, Monkey Island just weren't on the Commodore 64. They didn't have to support that. And so you could do more stuff.
0: I originally played Loom without a mouse, but you were moving a cursor around with the yeah. arrow keys. Like it was it was just a fake mouse interface. Like you couldn't you, know? you couldn't like tank controls. Yeah, that's weird. You know.
4: Could you move uh the, the characters in Maniac Mansion with the arrow keys?
0: I don't remember. Yeah.
4: I think there was a similar thing. Did the Commodore have a mouse? I well, I had a Commodore one twenty eight and it had a mouse. Hmm. So I know that much. You,
0: you definitely couldn't count on there being a mouse. I bet it was the same. I bet you were just moving the reticle with the arrow keys. Yeah, maybe you had a joystick. Boy,
4: what a pain in the ass. Yeah. Well, lots of people played Maniac Mansion on the NES too.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. The mouse peripheral for the NES was pretty
0: rare. <laughs> there was one for the SNES. Came with Mario Paint. Yeah, it was a it
4: was a going back to that's hard because it's a ball mouse. So it's still it's gonna get stuck into you have to open it up and clean it.
0: Man. I don't know if I I don't know if everyone had this problem or if it's just like people like me with sweaty hands, but that was a fucking nightmare. Just having to like open up your mouse and scrape all the shit off the rollers like once a week, or your mouse yeah. would just eventually hmm. stop working in an inferior way. I always kinda enjoyed, enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, Man, it's, it's, it's very satisfying. satisfying. Yeah. Unless you got shit to do.
2: What is the gunk that accumulates on your mouse and, like, under, like in the area where you are mousing on your desk? It's just mostly
0: like Doritos. Oil. I, I would assume just, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's skin, dust. Yeah. Dust, dust and like,
2: skin and oil. It's compacted in a into, like, a weird gray. Yeah, that gray
4: paste. Yep.
0: Like a fudge. That's yeah. you. <laughs> that's leftover <laughs> you. It's just man fudge.
5: <laughs> yeah. It's, that's
4: just you can send gross. it off to a lab
0: and get it analyzed. I did eventually learn that cloth mouse pads as opposed to plastic mouse pads made it way better. Oh yeah. yeah. Um
2: I don't like mouse pads. Yeah, you I know. I don't like I don't like being told where to mouse. Sometimes I want a mouse on my leg. Sometimes I want a mouse underneath the desk.
0: If you're mousing on your leg, you definitely know where the gunk comes from. For for years and years, I used a Beavis and Butthead mouse pad that my mom got me. Uh huh. My mom has a handful of things that she just knows that I like, and that's it, fodder for Christmas presents. Beavis and, Beavis and butthead, butthead is one of them. Uh, yeah, was, it's weird, but it's did good. She get you Beavis and Butthead Monopoly? No, she got me some Beavis and Butthead boxer shorts once, and uh, <laughs> oh. um, those are pretty good. And um, and then and then uh, they came in a tin with Beavis and Butthead on it that I kept my weed in for a long time. <laughs> Thanks, a, mom. That's
2: appropriate. Yeah, yeah.
0: Thought so. I thought so too.
2: She listens to this podcast, right? No, she does not.
0: <laughs> it's legal here, Mom. B-
4: Boxer shorts are.
0: <laughs> Anything else, Jim?
4: Oh, we didn't actually talk about Thimbleweed Park. Oh, right, right. <laughs> uh, Thimbleweed Park is the game that Ron Gilbert kickstarted, uh, in, like, 2014, maybe, as, like, the, uh, it will be like a new LucasArts game that you just discovered, Um, and it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty close to that, I would say. Like, I think they, they nail the feel of it. Um, it's a kind of a noir-ish detective story that balloons into being something else. And then, I don't know if I, I don't know if I was into the ending. It's, it's kind of like going for the same sort of thing that, um, the ending of Monkey Island 2 did, which I really dug at the time.
0: uh, but I don't remember the end of Monkey Island.
4: Monkey Island 2? Okay, Monkey Island 2 spoilers. You've been um, looking for the treasure of Big Whoop the whole game, and uh, LeChuck has been trying to... He, he eventually captures you, and... Um, and you... what do you, you escape, and by escaping, you find the treasure. And then you end up in this like underground bunker where you create a voodoo doll of LeChuck and then, like, tear off one of his arms, and it turns out he's your brother. And then you take off his mask, and it's your your older brother from childhood. And then suddenly, like, then, like, a janitor finds you, I think. Yeah. And then you walk out into a theme park called Big Whoop, the treasure you've been looking for, and there's your... Your parents are out there, and you're like uh, you're like eight years old, and your older brother is there and you you react to this kind of like half like confused about what's going on and half like, whoa we're back. hi, mom and dad um, and that's kind of the ending
0: So the idea is that the experience of playing the first two monkey Island games was you just being a child in some sort of immersive theme park. Right. So we're yeah. fantasizing about yeah. it so okay. that's that's yeah, my head snow
4: canon that it's a Calvin yep. and Hobbes kind of a thing okay but i don't know if that's the intent the intent might be that because there's also like hints that this might be a, a spell lechuck has Yeah passed on and like you. i
5: feel like the the last shot is the sort of typical the lechuck character turns and looks at the camera and his eyes glow red or oh, something Oh yeah like, yeah that that does happen Yeah there's like yeah. a lightning that comes And
4: out. then yeah. like in the third game um, that that's the canon uh, of that ending is that the, that was a spell he cast that you escaped from. Hmm. And so like the Monkey Island 2 has this kind of like weird mind fuck ending that kind of changes the nature of reality. Um, and Thimbleweed Park kind of tries to do the same thing, but in a way that I think is a lot less interesting. Uh, and I don't want to spoil that because it's a game that was released like
0: last year as opposed to 20 years ago. <laughs> I really enjoyed the game and I don't feel like that ending messed it up okay. in any way. It's just kind yeah. of, it's just kind of a non It felt like a non choice as opposed to like deciding how the story was gonna end, but like I don't know. Yeah. It's it didn't feel like that to an extent that I felt like actually detracted from anything. Like I ended up towards the end of the game, like starting to look at spoilers because I just didn't.
2: When you played it, did it have the hint line? It did
0: not have the hint line yeah I, ron really begrudgingly added that after and also release. like the the easy mode where all the like half the puzzles start out solved. Well, that was that was there i think when i okay. yeah but i didn't want to play on easy mode because you lose a bunch of content that way
4: so i i played it on easy mode because i remembered like i had played monkey island 2 i've, I've played monkey Island 2 a bunch of times because that's who i am um but I, I just to check it out. I played it on like what's it, what's it like on the easy mode, and I remember being like, it. All the major cutscenes are there. All the places are there. All the interesting like character dialogue trees are there. And what's missing is um, the puzzles. Um, and I, I played this game that way, thinking like that's probably what's going to be missing is just like. The annoying bullshit that gets in the way of the stuff that I, of the cool like background art and the dialogue trees, um, and I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but when I decide to replay it again in a few years, I can play it on hard mode, and and I'll already have solved half the puzzles, and then I get to do the other half.
1: Yeah, that so, game really didn't grab me, it, and it made me feel like oh no, I've changed as a person because I loved yeah. LucasArts games growing up and still I'll replay Loom every few years. I'll replay Monkey Island one or two every few years and then I really wanted to like that and I was like, this is exactly like a, a classic LucasArts adventure game but without the nostalgia vibe. Mm. It's just not doing it for oh, me. Interesting.
3: Mm.
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm super into the old LucasArts games but I haven't got around to playing Thimbleweed Park yet and I think partly it's just because I'm really not into the art style of it.
0: Really? Yeah. Uh, do you, so you just don't have any nostalgia for Maniac Mansion?
5: No, I don't, actually. The, I think huh. Maniac, Maniac Mansion is one of the few LucasArts games I never played, so that's kind of exactly it. But yeah, I, I kind of don't like the great big heads on the tall, narrow bodies yep. like that. It's real weird and disconcerting to me. What did you think about
2: like the swords and sorcery super Brothers?
5: That was okay. I like that a lot. But the that's, those more, those like a Sierra, really that's more like those characters are really an early
0: Sierra game thing. Like their heads are tiny. Their heads are like four pixels. <laughs> yeah. A Super but, the, Brothers but, but
2: their bodies are all spindly Yeah, right.
0: the Sierra yeah, games it's, had the, 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 the Sierra games between were between like the, the big
5: round head down. and the small thin body is is the I problem. See. Okay. Sierra games are good.
2: Yeah, that's what I grew, I grew up on this year.
0: Yeah, games. me too. I, I did not play many of the LucasArts. I had games I had I Maniac think. Mansion and Zach McCracken as a kid, but I never played Monkey Island until I was an adult.
2: I played the, the LucasArts game that I remember playing as a kid was the uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah. That, that's oh, yeah, LucasArts. Yeah. I've
4: never yeah. played which, any of those. Yeah. Which, which, which Indiana Jones game? Was it, Last, it was Fate of Atlantis? Last Crusade, I think. Yeah. Okay. Oh,
1: I, yeah. Love, I ate that game for breakfast, lunch, and dinner when I was six years old. I had the little Game Diary it came with oh, like nice, the best yes, feelies, yeah. and it was like filled with like wood cuts of like Grail lore and handwritten notes and stuff. And I was just carried around with me. I'd, I played that game before I saw the movie, so Dang. when I saw the Indiana oh, Jones movies, wow. I was like, "Oh, that's me up there," yeah. I, you know, because I'd already invested so much in being like a you know eight that's inch really high good. character. Yeah. yeah,
2: I remember being stuck on the uh, near the end on the like puzzle where you're supposed to like take the leap of faith or whatever. Yep and like spoilers the solution to that is to immediately when you get on the screen to just immediately start walking across the other if you pause at all your ability to actually cross the screen but because i'm like a hesitant sort of very careful oh, player I, was, mm. I would like go there and i would try everything i could think of but that like you just can't hesitate you just need to go um that
3: game but, had some bad design it had a literal pixel
2: hunting too yeah, like yeah.
1: one single pixel yeah. in a giant library shelf i remember
2: yeah
4: Thimbleweed Park has a a little bit of that. I mean, it has a, like, you can hold down Tab to see the hotspots. But one thing it has that's kind of neat is there are a couple places in the game where there are extensive bookshelves. And basically, every, like, one by eight pixel column is a separate hotspot.
0: And you can mouse over it and see the title of a book. Those are, that was a Kickstarter reward, was to name a book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a great way of doing a bunch fun. of Kickstarter bullshit, that in yeah. the phone book, well, because it didn't get in the way of playing exactly, it at all yeah. if you didn't like. Yeah. And, and
4: you could click and listen to Cole. Uh, right, right. You, can, you, could call, you could call those numbers and get yeah. their voicemail message. And uh, the books, uh, a lot of them, I think maybe all of them had um, like the backers would submit like two pages of text that you could oh, wow. open it up and read. Huh. That's
0: well, wow, I didn't intense. even realize that. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah that's a lot. Wow, of... even just vetting that. Yeah, I, I think they probably must have not. <sighs> There's probably some real serious Nazi shit in there somewhere.
4: <laughs> well, it's uh, yeah, I, it, it it's probably meaningful that most of the not not most, but a lot of the backers were German, mm. so they've, they've got that <laughs> uh, that cultural background of like anti-Nazi laws. Yeah, exactly.
0: Mm. I guess that's probably true, right? Like Germany is by far the biggest non-English speaking market for western Loathing. and like when I pointed that out, uh Jake said, "Oh yeah, that's Germany is the market for goofy adventure games. English language adventure games." Yep. Like that's that's who's going to buy it of non-English speaking people. Like yeah. okay. <laughs> Wonder what that is? What is it about the German national character?
4: Yeah, it might just be a cultural thing. Something it might that just gets like, in the
0: way of pragmatism is like a fun challenge. to.
4: Yeah, I, I don't know that there necessarily has to be like a, a reason so much as that this is what happened to get
0: popular there. Yeah. Yeah. But to stay that way for decades. I mean, I guess, yeah. the, you know, what is it about Jerry Lewis that makes him popular in France? Like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. David Hasselhoff. What what do, what does West of Loathing have in common with David Hasselhoff <laughs> to both be popular in Germany?
1: Or like Those Euro games. Cars. When people talk about Euro board games, they're usually talking about German, German board games, games. Yeah, yeah.
0: They're often so like dryly themed. You know, it's yeah. not like like when you think about a board game where it's like I'm casting a fireball at a fucking goblin. Like that's Ameritrash board right. games, right? right? That's not like.
2: I mean, is that Ameritrash board games or is Monopoly Ameritrash?
0: Mm, Well, I think Ameritrash is typically the, like, super, like, theme first. Yeah. Like, you get way more powerful over time kind of, like, modern board game. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, where you feel like Reiner Kinesia adds the theme as the last step before shipping. Like he's right. figured out a perfect like mathematical palace. Right. And he's, like, he's just
0: uh, just playing with numbers, right. like like plain cubes with numbers <laughs> written on them is all the game is. before. Yeah. Uh, what have you been playing, Patrick?
1: Um, I've been playing some uh, a bunch of little things like, kind of bouncing around. I've been playing um, Link's Awakening for the first time. Nice um, on my Nintendo DS. Yeah. It's great. It's so good. It's just like really all the two D Zelda games uh, down, like pared down to like the simplest the elements, and I love that. Um, I've been playing this game called uh, Wiz- oh, "What Is It Called?" Wizard of Wizards of Legend for the Switch, which okay. is a terrible name. I almost didn't play it because yeah. the name is so dumb, um, but my friend recommended it, and I love it. And I play it with my girlfriend um, pretty much exclusively. It's like an action roguelike. Um, pixel art style with is, yeah. Is
4: this the game that's that's trying to be like Zelda 1
1: as a roguelike? Yeah, yeah, it's got a top one top down Zelda 1 feel, generative dungeons, um, eight eight levels with like boss battles that are well thought through and then the the fun part about it is like your characters are very very configurable. There's like five main elements and you get tarot cards you like buy tarot cards with gems you get from your dungeon diving so the the grinding is constantly giving you a currency where you can like configure your four basic slots and then as you go through the dungeon there's shops where you can like get your final two weapons and items and stuff and anyway i was never actually a big roguelike person this is like the one that cracked it open for me where i'm like oh i i love this and uh we play it like co-op and um still haven't beaten the final boss we've gotten like this oh, wow. you know like ten percent of the health bar away a few nice. times so we'll probably do it and then like quit in anger
0: and like, you can do like two person couch Uh mm-hmm. oh, that's great
1: yeah it's really really well done uh, and the the builds are crazy I like I really like watching speed runs of it because like there's people who j- they just configure like swirling spells and get like their characters now like a pinball machine or there's ones that are just like very like short range like I'm a I'm a punchy build and I just like. Punch and move around and punch again. There's just lots of like, or like weird item combos where now you're almost invincible or. Yeah. It's fun stuff. That's cool.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh, and then I've been playing Pilot Wings again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. huh. Yeah. I wanted to revisit Pilot Wings because I remember it being incredibly soothing and I was like, why aren't there any flight simulators like Pilot Wings? Maybe I'll make one someday. That's all.
0: Yeah, there hasn't really been. Anything like that, right? Right. I mean, there was Pilot Wings '64,
4: right? Which is whatever. I've I've been playing Pilot Wings '64, and there was Pilot Wings Resort. There was the mini game in Super Monkey Ball where you were trying to glide to the targets. Why
0: didn't they make a Pilot Wings
4: with two eyes for the Wii? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn! Right. I think there was Pilot Wings like stuff in Wii Sports Resort, actually. Mm. But yeah. but they didn't have the two eyes. Well, what have you been playing, Riff?
5: Um, I beat uh Pokemon Black, which you probably don't are not interested to hear about. <laughs> uh, but our listeners might be. Well, I, it's okay. It's just a it's another Pokemon game. I kind of don't. That it may be my least favorite Pokemon game so far. Less than Pokemon White. Uh. Well, Pokemon Black and White are kind of the same game. Okay. So. But um yeah, it I was mean, just
0: they're all kind of the same game, riff, like if we're being honest.
5: Well, the important the the important differences that that caused me to not like Black so much were that the plot was really stupid and the graphics are kind of bad. <laughs> they they did like um Instead of having just like the the regular pixel art animated sprites like they had from the previous versions for the the creatures battling each other, they 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 had that, but they were like hugely blown up to like huge square pixels that then like move around and rotate using whatever the DS version of mode seven was. <laughs> and it, it looks really bad. It just looks terrible. Was um, that
4: the first Pokemon game to have, like, a 3D view of the overworld? No, this one around? is
5: still, this. oh, uh yeah, it was a little bit 3D. It, it The camera doesn't move a lot, but there are, like, specific places where the, the camera will kind of r- rotate around a little bit as you go over a bridge so it can show you this panoramic vista. And Okay that kind of thing. Yeah. So it was kind of the early version of that. Um, and, uh, and also that the, the encounter rate on like random battles was really ridiculous. It was up to like 30% or something like that. And it had a ton of areas that, that, uh, that played by like that, that it that played by the rules that are usually revert reserved for caves where you can get a random encounter on every single tile. And it was just super, just, super painful. when you say
0: 30%, does that mean that like every time you take one, every time? Step, yeah. Every if there's that, a 30% it, chance of
5: that's what Jesus it felt like. Yeah. If, if it, it, it felt like I was regularly not, not moving more than two or three spaces before I got another encounter. I, like, spent all my money on repels. <laughs> Just <laughs> <laughs> It got so bad. Um, when did this game come out? It was, that was generation five, so it's two generations ago. I don't know the particular year. Okay, okay. Um,
0: but, like, in the 2010s?
5: Yeah, something like that. Here, hang on, maybe it's... Huh. With mode seven?
0: Well, whatever. Well, the, no, I mean 3DS whatever whatever version. the equivalent oh, okay. of it was. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's probably mod, finally yeah. unlocked. Probably yeah. mode twenty-one. Yeah. <laughs> that. Was yeah. it on the three DS or was it just on the DS?
5: Uh, just DS.
0: Hmm. I was packing up my video games. It
5: was yeah, twenty end of twenty ten in Japan and uh, Spring of next year in North America.
0: So that was pre-3DS? I don't remember when the 3DS came out. I think it was, yeah. Um, I was packing up my video games to, to move the rest of my shit from Arizona to here. I realized how many fucking DS games I had. Like, mm. the DS was a great system. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, it great. lasted so long and there was so much stuff for it that, like, even being, like, not... You know, I was not ever particularly picky with games that I bought for it. Like, I would just like whenever I was at the mall, I would go to GameStop, and if there was something that looked halfway interesting for the for the DS, I would buy it. But I own more DS games than any other. Like, more, really, probably more than every other console combined. Wow. Like, it's a good system.
3: Yeah, hmm.
0: it's kind of like you can look at. The magic cards that I've accumulated in the last like three or four years, as a if you stack them up by set, it's a graph of how much I like that set. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the DS is definitely the outlier there. Speaking of which, I played uh, uh, yeah three or four hours of the beta of the Magic: The Gathering Arena, their like Hearthstone competitor thing. Oh yeah, it is the easiest magic digital version that they've made so far and, and like the sort of most polished in terms of like comprehensibility, but it's still kind of bullshit because like, it's fine unless either you or your opponent has an instant in your hand, because at that point you have to confirm like six different steps of your opponent's turn that you don't want to do anything, whether they're doing anything or not. And it's like when people complained about Hearthstone not having the kind of reactive play that magic did, they forgot, like they were not thinking about what it would be like to actually design the fucking thing. If you were allowed to respond at different times, because it's like, there's the first main phase. And every time they do something, every time they cast a spell, you get the opportunity to react to it. Like even if it doesn't make any sense, right? Even if it's like there's no, there's no way that you're gonna want to use this instant card that you have to do anything relative to what they're doing because
2: they're just it, sort of agnostic. It might be a counterspell, do. yeah.
0: So like, um, so but, you just have to like confirm every single thing that they do, and then like they they've decided to move to combat. Do you want to do anything first? No. All right. They have decided to attack with these three creatures. Do you want to do anything? No. They have decided it's time to move to blocking. Do you want to do anything? No. Now you get to pick blockers. Now do you want to do anything? No. All right. Now combat is resolved and they have decided that it's time to move to damage. Do you want to do anything? No. And it's like... So how do they handle this in like the card version? Do they have judges asking you... Like every step,
5: no. It's just people know Body how language. to play, and they just, know how to interrupt each other, it, right? Yeah, and, and
0: if yeah, and if you get past, if you say, wait, wait a second, but before I declared blockers, I wanted to do this, right? Like, if, if somebody's moving faster than you want to, you'll just say like, no, like, and there's a human on the other side of the table, right. and you just deal with it, right? right. Like, the, you're just friendly about it, unless unless you're not, and then you raise your hands and yell for a judge, and then they come over and litigate it, but like it never needs to happen like between like adults who are not super like invested in magic
4: having to like be able to rewind is a pretty tough ask for a software yeah yeah but like i feel like a lot of this stuff could probably just be handled by like instead of a prompt saying do you want to do anything like (laughs) there could be a button that you hold down when you want to do something
1: yeah or or an auto like a here's the pace the game will auto advance and you could turn that up or down for how you're. yeah Yeah. like
0: turn down your own timer just to be kind to people i mean everyone would turn it up all the way just to be dicks right (laughs) because like that's the that like you know this hasn't happened to me for a while in hearthstone but it used to be that like it was pretty common to run into somebody who would just like try to waste your time until you conceded uh, even if you were winning
2: figured out who those people were and just matched them with each other yeah, so that would be the way to deal with. Yeah,
0: it. it'd be pretty easy to track that, and yeah. maybe that, yeah, you know, maybe because I like the fact that I haven't seen one of those in a long time means that maybe they have successfully weeded that behavior out.
1: Didn't Bobby Fischer used to do stupid stuff like that? Like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, that in his seems, like, later career, that
0: sounds like him.
1: Like, like he would just complain about his chair for two hours just to like really, truly irritate his opponent, and to really get in their head until they're like I hate you, and then exploit that weakness, and then he, he became a racist.
4: And, uh, traitor. Yeah, racist traitor. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. He yeah. probably always a racist.
0: <laughs> That's true. I heard that, like, Jane Fonda, when she was in movies, she would just, like, pretend that she needed way more stuff than she actually needed between scenes, and that just another person that became a traitor, <laughs> or at least in the eyes of uh, conservative America in the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Wait, did Bobby Fischer try to defect to the USSR? Is that why he was a traitor?
0: What? I don't remember.
2: He disappeared for. Twenty years or
0: whatever, right? But my, I thought he did. I think he, he like played, moved oh, i'm remembering to the now. USSR. Okay, well. I think
1: I think it's. Oh god, everything's good. Everything's fine and good. All I right, think. Robert um. Just- yeah, I will. I think. Uh, I think now that I remember, he wanted to play a match against a Russian grandmaster for money, and that was illegal because it was like you know we had full on sanctions or you know basically you couldn't do any business with the USSR because Cold War, and he was like, fuck you, I'm Bobby Fischer, I want, I need to get paid for chess, and Russians pay, play chess, and he did it anyway, and they were like, you're a traitor, and I think he just, like, s- moved
4: to Iceland, or someplace without extradition. That sounds like a good way to solve it. Yeah. We just have a problem, you move to Iceland.
0: <laughs> yeah. You that's what uh, nice there. That's Bjork's answer to everything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> she's got a private island, right? I mean,
0: she's from there, but still, like, you know. Can't go home again unless home's Iceland and you're Bjork. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, it was nice having these microphones while they <laughs> lasted. Um, the problem with that stand is just that like, it's the arm was too heavy, right? Like they're all too heavy. Are None they all- the, Yeah. Like anyway, uh, that was a, a one way exit for the part of that mic stand that used to be inside the other part of that mic stand. Um, So now you're
4: holding the mic like a rock star. I
0: bought new mic stands that are in a box at my house. Uh, Also a bunch of like acoustic foam for walls that are in boxes at my house. And by next week, we should have a new studio near my house that I can take all the stuff from my house and actually set up to where we can just go there. And all we do there is record. We don't have to spend all this time dragging shit around. Kevin's trying to fix the mic. Stand. That's fine. I'll just I'll just sit like this for the rest of the time. It's totally fine. I don't need a pop filter. Jim doesn't have one. His beard is acting as a pop filter. It's, I also played repair. um it's, it's totally there is a they they just uh released a big patch to No Man's Sky, and I thought, hey, I will go back and give No Man's Sky another chance. And the first time No Man's Sky came out, I mean the only time it came mm-hmm. out, and I played it. A bunch the first time I remember being kind of disappointed in the way in which it like failed to live up to the potential that it had having played it having tried to get into it after this patch came out I'm now just kind of convinced that I don't like it like it I started a new save and it just put me on this like world with some kind of environmental threat and so just immediately there's a meter going down that's like at a voice saying like you're going to die if you don't deal with this meter find some fucking sodium or something but like you don't have your scanner so you can't find sodium until you go through the first like 20 minutes of tutorialization to before it, like you know t- like gets you to re like to repair your scanner so that you can start scanning stuff it like it felt like a mistake that it spawned me on a world with like a crushing environmental threat. Like, because it just seems like, you know, you have 18 quadrillion planets or whatever. Like, it seems like you could have picked one that doesn't have this time pressure added to it for the sake of the tutorial. Like, I don't remember it being like this. All the good ones (laughs) have been taken. Um, And then it's just like, And I remember it being like this to some extent, but like trying to just get, trying to play through the intro stuff to the point where like the game actually opens up, like it is so aggravating to me that just everything is just constantly running out of gas. Like you have life, which is sort of you running out of gas and you can just heal yourself (laughs) with oxygen. So you can find oxygen, whatever, that's in various places. Your mining laser is what you use to get stuff for the most part, except for plants that you can harvest just by clicking on them. But Your mining laser runs out of gas, and you have to like use some of the shit you mined to refill your mining laser. And your. You you have to fix your ship, and it's like well the engines that you use to take off are broken, so you got to fix those, and then you got to put some gas in them, and then there's the engines that you use to fly around in space, and those you got to fix, and then you got to put a different kind of gas in those, and then there's the engines that you use to travel from star system to star system, and you use an even different kind of gas for those, and they're all out of fucking gas all the time. So mostly what you're doing is like roaming around fucking collecting gas to put in.
4: At some point, do you like? Do you fill all the gas tanks up and then start thinking about other shit or is that just
0: are you just constantly having to fill up those gas tanks all the time? Sure. I don't remember it being like that in the later game when I played it before. Like I remember getting into like a satisfying loop of like finding new buildings to go and explore and they were kind of all the same, which was disappointing. But like at least there was like stuff to do there.
1: Yeah. I remember it. Re- after you get through the, like, I don't have enough gas problem, then it becomes an inventory management problem. Right. Where you're constantly trashing less valuable resources to make room for more valuable resources so that you can craft something to give you a new inventory slot, which is the most valuable thing in the galaxy. Right. Yeah. It's
0: slot. an inventory slot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then this is the thing that I kind of remember from the first time I played it, but was just the most obnoxious omnipresent thing in my experience playing at this time is that there's these fucking robots flying around that every once in a while they just like hey are you playing a video game well fuck off right. you're not allowed to play a video game on this planet motherfucker <laughs> and they'll just like start shooting you with lasers if you like mine anything or harvest any materials in front of them and then if you kill them some like oh yeah yeah you, you fucked with this one tiny robot now there's two slightly larger robots shooting lasers <laughs> at you so it's like the it's like clearly the fucking GTA police, but it's like I don't know how to tell what's legal and what's not. Like, in a GTA game, I know I can't kill anybody or, like, crash a car into a cop, but, like, there's no one else on this planet and no one has ever been here. You just told me that. Who's fucking decided it's illegal for me to blow up this rock? Like, this is, like... You holding the mic like this really make it feel like a like a Sam Kinnison routine. Yeah, no, like I'm just like a conservative talk show host complaining about how many cigarettes. When when are when are uh, you know when when are middle aged angry white men finally gonna get a fair shot in this world? Uh, But it's just it would like this those fucking sentinel things like. It's just like your mom coming in and telling you to clean your room, like stop playing this video game and clean your room. Except it's like stop playing this video game and sit here until I leave, and then you can start playing the video game again. And I don't know what you're supposed to do. Like, what is the point of those things?
4: I, I don't know. I just only went to planets that
0: didn't have heavily heavy sentinel presence. Are you? I was not like, like you, I was. This happened before I was given the choice of a planet no, to be on. Right? Do
2: you hate? creepers and skeletons and stuff in minecraft
0: i don't because killing them gives me stuff instead of making the game harder and making me feel like a criminal right like i don't enjoy if
2: the creepers had little police hats on?
0: <laughs> and if like eventually like nasa would show up if you killed enough of them <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the like killing these things feels like killing the cops in GTA because when you kill some, your like star level goes up, which is just like like okay, I don't know what this means. If I
4: remember right, like if you kill them fast enough, more don't come or something like that. They Mm -hmm. have to send out the
0: alarm.
1: Yeah, I don't I feel the same way as you. I was just like, Okay, don't fuck with these things, run away from them, get in your ship and leave and it was frustrating.
0: Right, yeah. But before your ship is fixed, it's like, well yeah, okay, right. now I just have to stop doing anything until you leave. Except that stopping doing anything also has a cost associated with it because the environment is killing me. It's like Gauntlet, where it's like if I stand here long enough the game will be over.
4: Gauntlet's a great
0: game. Well, this sure.
4: I don't know why you wouldn't want this game to be I, more like Gauntlet.
0: I really want to give this a shot because I want to see... Like, the, start
2: a new game where you're not on a hostile planet. I
0: like. tried twice and I was on a hostile planet both times.
5: Yeah, I um, think that cute. might be part of the tutorial because I, I remember when I first played it, when it came out, my first planet was hostile too.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: I think mine was pretty easy.
2: Yeah, mine was not. Yeah. I, I think I re-rolled until I got a, a, like a pretty verdant planet.
0: I remember when I first uh, got out of prison, the first movie I watched was hostile too. <laughs> Did they make a hostile too?
4: Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay, like 12
0: are there. Okay, I, you know, there were, I I know they made a lot of saws.
4: I had a I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but I had a similar experience with No Man's Sky. Like the last time there was a major patch, where I started a new game, and it just felt like the old game again. You're just mining stuff to get your ship ready, and I, w- I was just like, I'm not interested in this part of it.
0: You know, the base building stuff seems cool. I built like a wooden how, how shack. How long did
4: it take you to get to that part?
0: So, after I Alt F would in anger the first time, I saw that I had had thirteen minutes played on that save. Which I think was actually false because when I reloaded the save, I had lost a shitload of progress. Even though when I quit, it was like, "You haven't saved in 25 seconds. Are you sure you want to quit?" I'm like, yeah, I don't care about 25 seconds. Right. But then I'm pretty sure I actually lost like 20 or 30 minutes of progress on some axes. I still had all the stuff that I had when it saved, but I wasn't on the same planet. Oh, weird. And it's gotta. It's it feels real rickety. Like the story stuff that is done through the kind of like main quest line is constantly getting interrupted with like adaptive side quest stuff that it seems like they added in a context where people had already been playing the game for a long time and they wanted things to come up like when they were appropriate for you to see this new thing it's real it's it's real weird like i kind of want to go home and play it some more because I want to see the cool stuff, because I believe that it is there now in a way that I never really believed that it was there before. I've but, seen people talking about I didn't know there was multi... Now there's co-op now. Yeah, there's play, multiplayer, multiplayer now. Multiplayer. And honestly, like, you get an option when you start. It's like, all right, do you want to start a normal game where other people may join you, or do you want to join somebody else's game? It's like, I, neither. I don't want either of those. of those things. Like, yeah. I want to play a game where no one...
4: So disconnect the Wi-Fi and then
0: enjoy your <laughs> no, enjoy your video please, game. Please, Jim. I don't use, Wi-Fi. Doesn't work for me. I don't. Okay. No man's Wi-Fi. Yeah. No man's fi. That's what I call it. <laughs> it doesn't work. Uh, that's basically it, though. Other other than that, I've been playing like Slay the Spire daily challenge every day. Gotten back into the Spelunky daily challenge. Oh yeah. Um. Spelunky, that's a good game. Got killed by a UFO today. Mm-hmm. Spelunky is a good game. Hmm. Maybe we gotta close that window now that we're violating copyright.
2: Do you want to lift that bar very carefully and pull the window in? You trust me to do this. I do. Even if it, if it clicks, that's fine. Because that way
3: it'll. There we go.
0: Now it's we have slightly second quieter. Second
2: open window, which will be almost as bad.
0: So... This office is really in the city. Yes, it it's is. It's good. It's nice. It's nice to have the. It's nice to have the noise of horrible shrieking birds every <laughs> afternoon. To remind you that you're around other people and birds. Um, Should we do listeners mail or the assignment?
4: Are you suggesting we skip listeners mail this week?
0: No, I'm suggesting we we can do either. We can talk about the assignment or we can read some mail now. But
4: but not... Okay. We have to do them in an order. We have to choose (laughs) an
0: order for those two things to happen. Let's
4: do some listeners mail. Okay. And while we're doing that, we should talk about what the assignment for next week is going to be. Really? Let's work it into the. Email why, don't, why don't we talk about the
0: assignment so that you guys can talk about the assignment for a second while I go get the iPad that has the listeners' mail questions? On okay,
2: it. that works. Uh, so this is a section, Patrick, where we mm. talk about a game that we have all played except for you because uh, we didn't. That's a you. really
1: cruel section to set up. It like, is. That's <laughs> <a really laughs> cr- I'm just
2: kidding. I'm peeing. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, this is also the section where you guys
2: punk me. While Zach Pees. Yeah, we make, up, we make up a game and we talk about it like it exists.
1: <laughs> just to trick me into pretending that I've played it exactly. just to look cool. Yep. And like I know what I'm talking about. And yep. then, oh God, I can't. This is going to be horrible for so me. So
4: this is a game. This game is called Conarium, which mm-hmm. is named after the body part that makes melatonin it helps you go to sleep.
2: I thought it was named after the like uh, extended Conan the Barbarian universe. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> That's uh, which was based on this
4: body part. Right. Yeah.
2: yeah. I'm only kind of kidding because isn't Conan part of the Lovecraftian universe?
5: Oh, kind yeah, of I, sort of it, uh, yeah, they share I, a universe, but Conan isn't considered is part of time. the mythos. No, it's 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 they're it, they're separated by theme. Like yeah, Conan oh. just isn't Conan,
4: smart enough to notice all the uh, horrible coincidences. That- the
5: the difference, well, the difference is that Conan exists in the same universe because the god, the different Lovecraftian gods are mentioned in various of the stories. Oh. But but Conan wins in his oh. stories, so, so it doesn't have the the sort of existential angst of the rest of the mythos.
1: Okay, and is this because the authors were buddies yes. or in the same yeah, writing circle? Yeah, okay, got it.
4: Cool. All right, Zach, we're not talking about Canarium as it turns out. We're talking about Conan the Barbarian.
5: Which I think would be more fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't get very far. I, I talked to a, to a weird mechanical head. Yep, I, yeah. I did that too. Yeah. Took a
0: really that's long that's time that's to respond like, to your dialogue choices. It well, is like five minutes into the yeah, game.
5: Maybe yeah. it took uh,
4: me longer to solve the puzzle. Also, also, a plant sneezed at me. Wandering
5: in that was snow. about where I quit.
2: Did you Did you see any creepy figures walking around? In the yeah, I, I saw I saw, a, I saw one.
5: one. Yeah, I saw one of those. Maybe two. Sh- Kevin, Probably can the Can you put this one. on a Wi-Fi? I noticed that the outside of the complex that you're walking around in seems to be incredibly smaller than the interior room space would indicate. Yeah, that's
2: a little weird.
0: This game really felt to me like... You know how sometimes you'll hear a story about how, like... Like a, a rapper will decide that he wants to make a video game, and he'll think, I can make a video game, and I got some money. And he'll hire some people to do it, but not hire people who know what they're doing. Mm. But, like, insist that all of the things that he wants in the game go into the game. Hmm. It felt like it was made with a bunch of people, none of whom really knew how to make a game.
5: Yeah, it's like a bunch of people who are fans of, like, whatever the games were that came before Amnesia. Penumbra and, like, Soma. (laughs) It's like, let's make one of those. We can totally. I mean, Somo was after Amnesia. The, the VO is, is bad, but at least it's VO.
2: It's weird because it, sometimes it felt like it was a robot talking, and sometimes it felt like a person had actually recorded VO. Yeah. Like when you would go up against a locked door, it would say locked,
3: like a robot.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that happened a lot because there were, like, it felt like a game that was made using one of those, like, Unity walking simulator kits. Mm. And then they just didn't fix any of the things that were wrong with it. Like, if you had the flashlight, like, so you could go into that mode, like the gone home mode where you're, like, inspecting an object and you can spin it around in 360. But if you had the flashlight on, the flashlight, Like, the just absolute center of the light was right on the thing. So the glare was too much for you to read anything. So, like, you had to, like, then exit that, turn the flashlight off, open the thing again so that you could read it. Like, there was a room where...
2: If you actually examined the flashlight itself, you have this ability to zoom in and out on the object. And if you brought it in too close, you just clipped through the object and you were looking on the inside of it. And
5: I'm Mm, like... Yeah, it's... Really unpolished.
2: Super unpolished. It It was... odd to me how how many places it felt like things were just awry um,
0: and it like I got to the point where I just like started reading a there was a thankfully there was a text walkthrough available oh. on the internet and I was I was reminded of there was like there is a video of Matt stone and Trey Parker giving like a storytelling lecture to like a creative writing class at some college as a surprise. And they talk, they, they like the thrust of one of the like points in their talk was a thing that like seems pretty obvious, but like I had made a lot of shit and put a lot of shit out in the world without ever actually articulating this. Their point was like, all right, when you've got a bunch of story beats, you should figure out what goes in between all those beats and none of them should be, And then like everything should either be therefore or, but Hmm. because otherwise the next thing is happening with no relation to the previous thing. And that's just bad. It's Hmm. always bad. Right. And everything in the game felt like everything in the walkthrough of the game felt like that. It was like, I was like, well, I'm not sure where to go next. What am I supposed to do here? And it was like, well, play the phonograph record. And then when the cat turns into a, an other kin, then this door will unlock. Like, hmm, okay. The phonograph record does not cause the cat to turn into a monster. The cat turning into a monster does not in any meaningful or sensible way unlock the door. It's just that those things are scripted to happen in that order. Yeah. And, like, there's not... There's not anything driving you to know that or to do those things. Like... Hmm. There was some cool imagery and like it what like you know, it's 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 a better like immersive three D horror game than I could make, but it's a worse one than I would release with my name on it. <laughs> it
3: was
2: aggravating to me that like the load screens would just be random journal entries that you had not yet encountered in the world mm. and
4: but for me the load screens were like uh, over in a blip so i couldn't read anything on them anyway huh, okay. which is another like form of unpolished where it shows you some loading a screen text, text that like oh you have a half a second to read this
0: hmm. and it's also like spoilery shit from way further along in the story yeah weird like yeah well i mean at least this only costs like a dollar <laughs> uh sh- guys should we do some listener's mails sure Wait, what's our next assignment?
2: Uh, truth, tooth or tail. Truth or T- truth, tooth and tail. Tooth or dare. Tooth, tooth, and, and, tail. tooth
0: and tail. It's a uh, it's a uh, RTS game. It's like an RTS game for furries that's designed to be played with a controller. So it's designed for furries to be able to play it with one hand. <laughs> uh, Ken writes: Are any of you working on anything with Gary? Uh, I. We, I put out a podcast with Gary a week ago Gary has a secret project that he's been talking about uh, that everybody wants to know what it is uh, but I don't and none, none of us have anything to do yeah. with whatever it is and Me I don't either. actually know what it is I'm I mean Riff and I are technically both making rooms in a, a collaborative if game that Gary is also making a room in but we're explicitly not working with Anyone? <laughs> um, That's kind of like working with the game friend. is going to be a that game is going to be a m- beautiful mess. Yeah. Uh, Ken says, "Are there any games? This is also Ken. Thanks, Ken. Uh, Are there any games from your childhood that were super important to you in one way or another that you can't remember the name of and you have no way of Googling? I've tried describing this to friends and they have no frame of reference for it.
3: The yes. pro-
2: the, the, the thing where you remember something but nobody can Google it. This is this is the uh, show opening." That people swear they remember, but nobody can actually remember the name of the show that it's for. if you have you heard of this? Thing? There's a people swear that they remember a like probable sitcom from the eighties where at part of it is somebody painting a wall. And then paint like somebody opens a door, and then they their face gets painted over. Mm -hmm. But nobody can actually find any actual reference for this. So that didn't
0: happen in the Too Close for Comfort intro because I think of that as being a thing that happened to Jim J. Bullock in the intro to Too Close for Comfort. No,
2: I don't know. You you should if you can find a clip of it anywhere.
0: Then I'll solve this huge.
2: Yeah, thousands of people would
0: thank you. Somebody would. Somebody would have tried that one already.
4: So I played a game. I was probably 14. I don't remember where I got it. It might've been from a BBS or a shareware CD. Um, The, the conceit of the game was that this is something that like that the person who released it didn't develop, but they were like, maybe they were visited by aliens and they left a bunch of source code files on his hard drive and so the conceit is that this is a game that is developed by alien intelligence, and then like left on this guy's computer. And the game itself was a game where, if I remember right, you were like navigating a maze with a like a blue sphere that would deflate when you hit obstacles. And I have no idea what this thing was called, but it was a DOS freeware or shareware game.
2: Hmm. It sounds a lot like the Whitley Strieber school of horror. I'm not familiar. He wrote communion and stuff where he was talked about being visited by aliens, and he just happened to be like a horror sci fi writer who then had these stories about being sort of abducted by aliens and and stuff like that and spun it as like a true story.
0: Right. So there was a game that I played when I was like in junior high that was just on some floppy disk full of porn that I had gotten from some friend of mine and it was just called fantasy.com and it was just a text <laughs> adventure about having sex with a woman and you could just, it had a very very limited parser that only understood things like touch boobs um, right. but it, it was you know, it was fairly comprehensive for like at least a child's understanding of the, the set of interactions and their likely yeah. results uh, in that me. context well but fantasy.com I, like i can't i can't learn anything about it like it's i don't really feel yeah, like you that's going go- googleable if yeah. go to
4: fantasy.com if i go to fantasy.com
0: it's probably not that um also .com means that this was written in machine language well i mean it might have been like like Turbo Pascal compiled to.com. com. Did it? Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought Pascal was exe's.
4: Well, usually, but it, if your program was small enough, if it had a small enough address space, mm. you could make a .com file.
0: Hmm. Uh, let's see. Di Vernon says, "What is your favorite Magic the Gathering card and why? If you've never played Magic the Gathering, what's your favorite Hearthstone card and why? If you're Jim, what's your favorite time of day?" <laughs>
4: Uh, I like lunchtime a lot.
0: Cool, Kevin.
2: Uh, I mean, my favorite Magic: The Gathering card is just the most obnoxious one. It's the
0: Shahrazad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's the one where you take half your deck, and your opponent takes half their deck, and you play a mini game of Magic. I
2: think you take your library, like all, all your unplayed cards. Okay, and you play another game of Magic. Which could, you could, because you, you could have... You could
0: three have more four share in yeah. there.
2: And whoever wins, whoever loses that game loses half their health.
3: Right.
1: That is so clever. Yeah. I recently, I'm like, within the last couple of years started rereading the uh, uh, 1001 The uh, Nights. Oh. And I completely forgot that every story is a story within a story. And as far, I've gone so far, but the stack has not been popped. Like, oh we're gosh. like 15 stories deep. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, will you ever pop the stack? Or just the whole, it's great, but it's like so high concept for something written so long ago.
2: The idea being like the the overarching narrative is that she's trying to not
1: get killed. killed. But that's what I don't understand because I thought the the narrative is, I'll tell you a story every night, but there's no night break. There's just, at the end of one of the stories, someone will be like, well, that reminds me of a story. And that character tells a story to save their life
2: oftentimes.
1: It's so strange. I didn't remember that attribute at all. Hmm. Okay. But anyway, that's what you're talking about where you could play a magic game inside a magic inside game inside magic. a magic yeah. game. Yeah. yeah.
2: It was instantly banned from the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: so trolly. Yeah, Bobby, F- that's Bobby Fisher's favorite yeah. <laughs> magic card
3: for sure.
0: I think my favorite Magic the Gathering card is a fairly recent one that was in uh, the Return to Innistrad set, which was maybe like four years ago. It was a black enchantment called Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and the art is like completely filled with like, there's like the, you know, the fireplace has 13 bricks in it, and there's like 13 bats flying outside the window, or like, there's so many 13s in the art, like you just keep, even when you know that you're looking for them, you keep finding Are new there ones. 13 different um, groups of 13? There, maybe. Maybe. Hmm. Um, But the way that it works is uh, every time it's your turn, you can choose one of the following. Everyone's life total goes up by one, or everyone's life total goes down by one, or everyone whose life total is exactly 13 loses the game. So it's just like this weird, spooky alternate win condition, and it is so good. (laughs) Patrick, did you play any Magic? Not really. Did you play any Hearthstone? Not really. And what's your favorite time of day?
5: <laughs> uh, bedtime. All right.
0: Really? Riff.
5: Mm, the 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 werewolves from that Instrad set were really cool. That were double sided, and you flip them over whenever they change forms. I think the the magic card I I have the most nostalgia for is just your basic old drudge skeletons. Because who doesn't drudge love skeletons a drudge skeletons? Pretty good.
0: Yeah, who doesn't? They don't do those anymore because they don't have regeneration. In, yeah, uh, the, uh, I just magic found out sets, about but...
5: that just recently. That's that's a uh, man, end of an what era. Did the keyword mean again?
0: Uh at the uh, any they would die, you can spend that mana to make them not die. Okay. It's real confusing in terms of the way that damage actually works yeah. in Magic. Like it was it was fine until a bunch of complicated other shit got added. Right. Hungry in Hanoi writes, what's the best regional hot dog variant? Hmm. I would argue no, v- n- nothing fancy. Is that like The best hot dog is a hot dog with some sauerkraut and some mustard on it.
4: That sounds very German. On
0: a normal ass bun.
4: So, would you say a Polish sausage is a hot dog?
0: I don't know.
4: Okay. No, I would not. I really like Maxwell's Polish, like uh, Chicago
0: style. With like a slice of tomato and sure. a pickle spear yeah. Yeah. and some mm. chopped up onions on it? Yeah, no.
1: The Mission hot dog is uh, wrapped in bacon. Okay. Can't say no to that.
0: It's true.
5: I like those hot dogs with the cheese inside them. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: okay. Those are pretty good. Do they have hot dogs that are like olive loaf? Because that would be the best hot huh. dog. Mm. Like a hot dog with green olive chunks Oh, What if inside it
2: was just it? a hot dog and then like... Like a striped, like a zebra, where it was like hot dog, then olive, then hot dog.
0: Oh then yeah! Olive.
2: But like somehow,
1: oh like oh, they'd be perfectly like yeah. the same circumference. Mm. Yeah, 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 you could do that, man. And love. you know,
0: you know, yeah. if you need something to do with all those olive ends, I'll eat them.
4: <laughs> <laughs> a listener was trying to get me to try liverwurst on Twitter. Okay. Um, and I feel like if the liverwurst were shaped like a hot dog on a hot dog bun. That'd make it pretty easy.
0: I mean, liverwurst is not like it's. Pretty, I don't know.
4: I don't I have no idea what it's like. It's
0: pretty good. It just, okay. just tastes like liver. Like I don't like, know what
4: liver. I've never tried organs.
0: You've never eaten I've, liver.
4: I've never. I've only. I. I. I don't think I've ever eaten an organ. I think I've only eaten the muscles.
0: Huh. I'm trying to think if there's any organs I've eaten other than liver, have but you ever I, had a
4: pate. Don't think so. Hmm.
0: Huh.
4: It's possible that I have, like, someone was like, hey, this is liver, and they spread some on a cracker or something and tried it. Right. And
0: I forgot, because of the kind of person I am. Did your parents not, like, make you eat stuff? I don't remember. Huh. My parents sort of, like, explicitly disallowed me being like, a picky eater. My
4: mom was mm. poor so she wouldn't have been able to afford anything
0: like liver probably. Well liver's cheap and a lot like. Yeah a lot,
2: of, a lot of organs are cheaper than. Yeah. Oh, okay. that's, and that's
0: why. Yeah I don't know then.
2: People you think of them as more sort of like.
0: Like like southern black food like chicken. Chicken livers are yeah. a thing that's associated with soul food They're like. Por- yeah yeah. And, and even like ribs yeah. to some extent because those were the like things that were like not you know, they weren't like the desirable cuts. Like they were the ones that were cheap, and so they became like a hallmark of Southern yeah. black the food culture. The way
2: food progresses from like lobster just... to yeah, lobster yeah, yeah. I mean, food like that they were like served prisoners. Yeah, it wasn't fit. Yeah, there were laws
0: about how much of it you could force prisoners to eat because it was just gross bugs.
4: Yeah, I, I saw recently a um, a collection. I think it was an archive that <laughs> a collection of like restaurant menus from the late nineteenth century, and. It was remarkable, like how how much variety there was in the kinds of meats,
0: yeah, Just the,
4: the different kinds of animals that people were more willing to eat back then, and the different animal parts, and I, and I saw a point made that like we're we are nowadays more open to different kinds of cuisine, but less open to different kinds of meats, and that's pretty interesting.
0: I have definitely found that to be true in other people. I grew up on a farm, and like I grew up eating a lot of like squirrel and rabbit and stuff. And I, I've always you felt ate squirrel, yeah, huh. yeah. Like there was just like a squirrel season, and so my uncles would hunt a bunch of squirrels, and then grandma would brine them and cook them, and it was just like a bunch of chicken wings, <laughs> except it was like squirrel legs and wow. like. uh but like it, it's always been weird to me that people are squeamish about. I mean, like, I guess I would be weirded out if somebody was like, here's cat or dog, right. Yeah. right? But, like, beyond that, it's like, eh, you know, it's not any weirder than a cow, really. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, I had I ate a pigeon uh, at a restaurant in France the last time I was there. Squab, which is just, oh, yeah. like, um, it was gross. It was like, oh, what if a Cornish game hen, but, like, a Cornish gamey hen <laughs> it, like tasted real rank. It was um. What's the weirdest meat you ever ate, Patrick?
1: Hmm. I think if I had crocodile. Tastes just like chicken. Super boring. Um yeah, really I like, chewy. I like. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I like they have a really good like a. Uh, it's like a big stag. I'm trying to remember what they're called, but they've got a great uh, Rosa Mundi. They have like a a very like game like an elk
0: game, sausage. Yeah, like an or elk something. an elk sausage. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. Rosamunda is good for that. You can get a rattlesnake at Rosamunda. Can, there's a bunch of mm. it. Like almost no one eats lamb in the U.S. Which I is, love lamb. Ah, oh, boy.
1: Yeah. Are you? Like are, do you,
0: is... or are you just saying that because you see a lamb?
1: Wait, where's the lamb? No, I, I want <laughs> I, I feel like I see lamb
4: it. at like Greek places a lot. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Great uh, Indian uh, lamb, Thai lamb. All of all sorts of lambs.
0: Lamb sog, lamb tikka masala, lamb sausage, (laughs) lamb jambalaya, lamb gumbo. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Ryan says, if you had a backpack of holding and you could carry anything with you without encumbrance, what would you keep in it? Everything? Everything? everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a... (laughs) Like... if If it were limited to like four cubic feet or whatever, then it's... I mean, like, I would... I would take a bunch of soda water with me wherever I went. I would take a bunch of beer with me wherever I went. I would take every...
2: Finally, you would carry a jacket with you. I would... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That would
0: actually be the most... The most significant change that would make in my life is that I would always have a jacket when I needed it because I hate having a jacket and not needing it. Yeah. And so when it gets cold later... Like, when I'm going home tonight, no jacket, and I'm going to be pissed. I'm not really going to be pissed. I'm going to think it was worth it to not carry a jacket here. Every book I own... You know, right. every object I'd ever found anywhere, right? Like everything I've ever thrown away, I would have put in this infinite backpack instead of.
1: Is there an outcome that's kind of like a Twilight Zone hellscape nightmare where you can never be away from all your possessions? Like you're oh, on a man. beach in Hawaii and you're like, I want to play that weird Game Boy Advance game I bought right? seven years ago. And you're and just you trapped in
0: your own memories. Yeah. yeah every ringing telephone i've ever encountered is still in there (laughs) and i just have to listen to that all the time because it's
1: frozen in time when you put it in the bag yeah yeah that fucking bird
0: accident that bird flies in and so every afternoon no matter where i am that fucking bird is just squawking from my backpack
1: that's dark
0: buckle up says are there stories for how each of you met each other may we hear them it's gonna be a lot of stories uh i met patrick when uh You were hired by Campo Santo and (laughs) you started working in the office that we were sharing with them.
4: I met Zach when we were both at Six Flags and neither of us wanted to ride anything. I
0: think we were at California Extreme when we met and then like the following weekend we went to Six Flags and neither of us wanted to ride anything. So we're just... Um, Jenny introduced us. Yeah. Um, I met Kevin when Kevin hacked my phone number out of the (laughs) I mean by doing a whoiskingdomofloathing.com before I had marked it private and Kevin called me because there was some issue, some exploit had been discovered and publicized in KOL and he wanted me to know about it even though he knew I was out drinking. (laughs) And I probably fixed it using my uh, sidekick.
1: Nice. That's awesome. You could edit code on your server from your sidekick?
0: Yeah, that's why I got it. Uh, I got the sidekick specifically because it had an SSH client that I could use it was very slow and very cumbersome but like it was like better than going home it was yeah it was better than going home like especially for like when I was traveling because this is when KOL was like a real seat of the pants operation and was crap like shit was going wrong all the time I like just kind of got trapped at my house because it was like suddenly making more money than I had ever made in my life and also being more responsibility than I had ever chosen to take on
4: I met Patrick in this room like an hour ago.
0: Okay, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, that's a great story. Uh, Riff, you, uh, you were you played KOL, and it was I think after it was after I had hired Kevin. Um, we did this summit in Arizona where we invited you and Jim, yeah. uh, the old, not not this Jim, but uh, other Jim, who we were considering hiring. Like because we like knew it was time to expand, but we didn't know who to hire and we're like, Well, these people are these people have contributed stuff and seem to be like on the same wavelength as us. Let's invite them out here to see if they wanna like dick around and work on some random shit for like a week, uh, to see if we like get along in person and we did and then we hired you guys and then that was forever ago and now we're still buddies.
5: Yep.
2: Was that like two thousand five?
5: I think that's about... 2004, 2005. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think I graduated art school in 2005.
2: Oh, God. 13, 13 years ago.
0: Yeah. Because, like, Riff had, Riff had written a little bit of stuff for for KOL just, like, as a player and had, like, won a couple of contests, like, anonymously for writing <laughs> stuff. And then we are like, yeah, this guy's good. Um, what... How did... Jim, how did you meet Riff?
4: Uh... I think we met in front of, like, he and April and I were going to get dinner when we were visiting Portland. I think we met in front of the Italian restaurant that we ate oh, at. Oh,
5: yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, so you'd been on the podcast together for a long time before you met in person. Yeah. yeah. It was, oh, okay. it
5: was
4: fairly recent. It was like a year ago, maybe, maybe two
2: it wasn't when you went up to Portland most recently?
0: No, it was the time
4: before that, I think.
0: And Patrick, have you and Riff met in person? I don't, Probably not, I don't no. Think so, yeah. Riff, you have not been to San Francisco since we moved XO, here. XO, have you? that's oh, true. The, oh, yeah. XOXO, potentially. It's
1: yeah. yeah, I've been to every one of those. So.
0: You going this year? Yeah. Oh, it's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Well done.
1: Yeah, come come play our game. We're going to watch this whole game. Promoting <laughs> thing. <laughs>
0: Promote your so, promote <laughs> your shit a minute. Tell tell us what Neocab is.
1: Yeah, it's I mean we know what Neocab it's is. An, but tell it's your a it's a narrative game about being an Uber driver in a weird, uh, cyberpunk ish future. I've been calling it Now Punk because like we're really being very restrained with like the you know, mental jacking and right. uh, mm. talking androids, and it's way more about like our own hellscape that we're in today.
3: Okay. Yeah.
1: But yeah, it's like you're you're the you're this uh driver who's like kind of the last of a dying breed. Um she's like the, the last uber driver essentially when everyone's going autonomous and so it's kind of taxicab confessions meets papers please
3: you've been calling it mm. yeah nice
1: there's like some lightweight crunchy mechanics about like surviving the gig economy and but mostly it's like getting mixed up in a weird noir storyline
0: right on that's right i am very excited about it based on everything that i've ever seen thank you um well gentlemen I've had a fantastic time recording this episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us, and I hope when you do, it's as good as this one was.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Have a great week, everybody. Good night, everybody. Time for emails. We already did the emails. You can't say (laughs) that anymore.
4: (laughs) Time for news.